The Tom Hanks slander will not be tolerated. I'm just going to say that. Is Tom Hanks your favorite actor of all time? Uh, I mean, I mean, he might be. He might be. No, no, no. no. Look, I didn't look. All I said was he doesn't make bad movies. I didn't say they all made ten million dollars. You know, in the first ten seconds. All I'm saying they is were if, out. You, if you if you are if you I'm are sorry. an actor, actress, and your job is to be like, I mean, how many movies you want to do in your lifetime? Man, I, if I do 40, 50, he's done ninety three and counting. Yeah. Like so, even if even if he and they're did, all good. <laughs> yeah. Well, think about this. I mean, yeah, it's like Tom Hanks. At a certain Tom's point, saying. he goes, "Look, man, number one, I'm an A lister." Number two, I made you root for a volleyball. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Like, I don't need nothing else. You no. know, like. We said we said this as far as, like, guys that usually don't miss, right? Because I told you I just went and watched Top Gun last night. Excellent movie. Tom Cruise. Action movie. Usually it, it hits. Now, he did have The Last Samurai, so I don't think he hits on quite the same <laughs> percentage as, uh, as Tom Hanks. <laughs> And then I said, well, I said, I think Denzel's another one that usually has a very high, oh, you know, big hit rate. The success rate is and very And there high. was a few where you were like, eh, you know, but mostly. I mean, the bone collector, deja vu, you're going to be like, yes, I mean, you're going to have. It, uh, I think what happens is, though, okay, Kevin, don't you got to show some human side? Like, 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 <laughs> it's like this. I mean, Tom Brady went every Super Bowl. He went to 10. Yeah. But he, but he only won, you know, he only, he, if you want, only won seven. Like, yes. the thing about Tom Hanks is, you make me realize that. Dude, he, as far as like bangers, think about this. He don't have to do comedy movies. He don't have to make you laugh. <laughs> he don't got to do, do that. that. No, the, the dude has like a bunch of mo- great movies where he's not like, it's a cartoon. Yep. Toy Story. Yep. He did like six characters in the 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 uh, the Polar Express. Yeah. Yeah. That's all no, I'm saying. No, he, That's no, all I'm saying. Listen, if you, if you talk. We'll move on, but no, I'm no, just no, hold saying. On. If you're talking about being an actor, right? What kind of act do you want to be? Do you want to have to have, you know, 12-pack abs because you got to show off your body most of the movie? Or do you want to be like Tom Hanks and go, look, man, I've actually, my movies has actually gotten better as i gotten older. Like, there are certain guys, there are certain people, you say to yourself, do Tom Hanks make bad movies? And the answer is no. Like, in 86, right, I was four. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so what happens? So what? Ha- so what happens is right. If I got to go yeah. back to the '80s and show, like Kevin, if you were a musician and somebody goes, "Your first album, yeah, I'm 20 albums in." <laughs> like I would, my first and two, I'm trying to figure out how to really make good. So I would say Tom Hanks. I apologize because if I've never seen the movie, heard of the movie, I don't even count it because I, you know, I wasn't a top, big. I thought it was the first movie Tom Hanks ever did, and it wasn't, but it was, it was beautifully good. done. It was good. Joe if, versus the volcano. You be, for what it is, Joe versus the volcano. It's a good it's movie. A good movie. Th- thank you. It is See, a good movie. Christian and PJ were like, "Come on!" I'm like, "Oh, Look, it is." It, it, for for what it is, it wasn't meant to be one of those epics like it Forrest is. Gump. It's a good movie. Money Pit, good movie. Yeah. Turner and Hooch, good Turner movie. Turner and Hooch is a He's, beautiful. The dude movie. has got range. And again, we were like way deep, and you didn't even come up with Sleepless in Seattle. Come you, on, and you got mail. People were just like, "Oh, those are like, that's like not even top 20. Sleepless in Seattle is beautiful. That's all, that's all I'm saying. The thing about Tom Hanks is, is right. People forget I, I, you I, got mail. Tom Hanks has Dave Chappelle as his like best buddy. Yeah, I forgot about. It. Like I was like, Dave Chappelle is put in. Some, you listen, got listen, mail, listen, but listen, he listen, is. Put some, put some respect on Tom Hanks because the thing about it is, is right. That's Tom Hanks. Saying. Tom Hanks was never. I mean, he, he was never the quote the sex symbol guy, right? He wasn't the one. No. He wasn't George Clooney. But this thing, he didn't have to be. He's like this. All right, what is my lane? He's just good my at what lane he does. is being a good actor, having range. You know, and I listen. I go from that to 
Forrest Gump, Castaway, Philip. He finally did a movie with Denzel. Denzel is a he's his freaking lawyer in Philadelphia. Please, and listen, listen, and 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 not you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> at the, crossover at, success. At the, at, the, at the end, at the end of the day, he's tackling issues with Philadelphia. He's making you laugh. I mean, in Toy Story. I mean, he's Captain Phil. Man. I Tom Hanks. Hanks. I, I apologize to Tom Hanks because sometimes Tom when, you, on the show when, you, yeah, when you dive into people's <laughs> resume, now I will say his son be trying to tear down his legacy every time he's on freaking social media. <laughs> I'm just saying, it won't be tripping. But at, I'm just saying, man, you know, I mean, love his son. I'm just saying. But I, I just think that Kevin, you bring, this is what it was. I'm going to tell you what Kevin, Kevin comes to work, Kevin says, I'm going to bring up some Tom Hanks stuff. And if it's any slander, we're going to address it for the world to hear. Well, shout out to Tom Hanks and you know, Tom Hanks put a lot of pressure on himself to be able to say, look, man, name him. Di- DiCaprio, yep, did it. Denzel, uh, did it. Will Smith, sorry, he just, Will Smith wanted to do some old, some old, you know, some old dumb movie called After, like After Earth. Earth. I don't know, uh, you know, I, I, I think Leo's got some weird ones, like The Beach, that's weird. Like, I don't know if that's first, a great, first move I've seen. First movie I've ever seen Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio in was, uh, what's eating Gilbert Grape? Him and uh, Johnny Depp. I'm just saying, look, we don't, at the end of the day, his bank account would, would prove otherwise. The I, guy yeah. has did it. And, yeah, and he and and listen, and Kevin, and never had to ne- listen for all the people that think that uh that you got to be all ripped up to be a superhero. One of the first Batman's was Michael Keaton. Just remember that. <laughs> no, seriously, just remember we go from Christian Bale. No, <laughs> so Michael Keaton was like the first. Like, he I was, was Adam Your West with the devil in the pale moonlight. Listen, love Michael Keaton, but they had abs built into the suit. Okay, people. It ain't for everybody. You go from that to the other guy. I wonder if I can have abs built into a suit for me. It's like, hey, man, Spotlight, we're not, was, not Spotlight was a beautiful movie, by the way, with uh, Michael Keaton. I mean, Michael Keaton. Just saying. <laughs> Pope, what? Listen, Welcome you know to Ben and Kevin's movie reviews. <laughs> no, I, look. No Tom Hanks slander will be tolerated. Yeah, not on three and out. I'm telling you. Tom, call the show. We love you. All right. Speaking of <laughs> raking in all the money. Yes. We'll talk with Rich Styles, Back Nine Boys Golf Show. Everybody talking about Phil, Dustin Johnson going to the LIV Tour or the live tour, the, I don't know. I've heard it called six different things. They're going to get huge money. Does golf, does PGA Tour have a problem on their hands? Where basically, again, this is what I we'll, we'll get into this. <laughs> then we're, we're take the rundown, crumble it up, and throw it away because no, we're, no, no, we're, no, no. Hold on, we're, hold on. We're, we're I'm, no, I'm, I'm looking at the rundown. <laughs> and we were going to talk about Matt Olson <laughs> playing the A's. No, no, I'm doing no, no, it. No. I'm looking at the rundown. I see Ben watches weird videos and ranking things. Got crowd together. <laughs> You Let do? Say, listen, I will say this. Sorry, I, we're, we're, we're going. We are all over the place. I will say this. Me and I don't Christian go care. Do I, I like the fact that my weirdness is shared? I I be all over social media because I'm finding videos that I like to call "You deserve whatever you get." <laughs> you are that close to an orangutan. Oh, and that look. Joker grabbed him. Listen, and the orangutan grab him, and then some kind of way he ends up sideways. Whatever happened to that dude? Number one. If they tell you not to feed the animals, that means stay away from them. Man, his arm too big to fit through this. Mm, got you. No, he did. And, then, and what is his friend doing? You're not even helping me, bro. Pull me away from the thing. You better be lucky they ain't got some sharp teeth. Yeah. We'll, t- we'll talk about that coming up on the show. We'll talk with uh, Rich Styles about all that uh, golf has uh, going on for it. Also, Blaine Gilmer, recruiting analyst for UGASports.com. Arch was at the Arches. Uh, this weekend, mm-hmm. we'll ask him if he feels like he's the if George is the front runner to get Arch to come to Athens, and a number of other five stars. How recruiting has changed since Georgia won the national championship, if it has at all. 
And I think, Ben, and I know we've got a troop talk set up tomorrow uh, where you're talking with a, uh, a guy that's doing kind of like an NIL yeah. summit, yeah, uh, so to speak. But, you know, I'd be interested to get his thoughts on it's not supposed to be intertwined, but is there a relationship that's just inevitable with top flight recruits and NIL? Yep. We'll talk to him about that yep. uh, coming up in uh, in hour number two. You know, Tom's, Tom, again, Tom Hanks, no slander, uh, will be tolerated on, what, what, <laughs> on the show. What, what made you come? What made you come at? What made you decide? Like, like we all we all have our fans of a uh, certain, like, I, like, like, like there are certain things like, like as my granddad said, you never know. Like the whole never know. So when it comes to Tom Hanks, you go look. People don't appreciate him. No, I'm not saying they don't appreciate. Him. I'm just saying, like name, and that's what I was saying. <laughs> like name a bad movie uh-huh. that you can't sit down and watch. The Terminal might be considered down like as a it's not, uh, down the on the, the list. The Terminal is excellent, but it's a good movie. But I'm saying most people put that down the list of Tom Hanks movies. That's still very good. I mean, I, every every five minutes I talk, I think of another I mean, one. I mean, that's like that, Apollo 13. Come on, I mean, I'm, that's all I'm saying. Look, but I, I, no, no, no. I, I got to get off of the Tom Hanks talk here because I'll, I'll, this will turn into Tom Hanks and out on on, on the show. What? <laughs> Listen, at the end of the day, no, 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 no. This is, this he is ought the, to just make well, a some, movie called no, no, I'm some, Tom Hanks. Somewhere, my father appreciates what me and Kevin are doing. Those of you who don't know is this. We could call this show, Don't Turn It To Your Dad, right? Because people always say, hey, man, what are you really doing as you get older? Well, you may you want to raise your kids. You know, you want to be huh. the best health you can. You I got want my to white new balance on. You know well, yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. But what you're really doing is, if you want to know how your life is going to be, go to your dad's house. And just look at him. Don't say nothing to him. So my future is, you know. Sticking Reese's in the freezer. And- listen, listen, listen. No, no, no. My, my future is getting out of bed with my Bill Cosby uh, pajamas on, <laughs> tucking my shirt in, tucking my wife beater in. That's what I don't get. The temperature doesn't change at night. Why do older gentlemen, seasoned gentlemen, get out? They got to, they got to, put, they got to put the robe on, and it still has a, it still has a little tie. To go to the refrigerator. Now, this is the thing. If you go into the refrigerator and I'm sitting down watching TV, did I ask you anything? <laughs> I didn't. So when you go, what'd you say, son? I ain't say nothing. You sure? Yeah. Was I talking for you out here? No. <laughs> go get your stuff out the refrigerator and stop. Tra- listen, listen. And before you go in there and say, who took this? That would be you. Check your pocket. <laughs> you came out here early and got it. So I'm just saying, man, daddy, you know I love you. But every day, if y'all ever see me in my neighborhood, and my shirt is tucked in to go check the mail. It has officially happened. <laughs> it is a wrap. Because I don't know what to tuck. And I'm talking about the T-shirt tucking in. What is it about tucking in your T-shirt? I don't know. So, Tucked In Nation, I'm doing my best. But if the membership come in the mail, and, and you know, and I put my card in, it's I send it next in. week. It's a wrap. Right around, right around the corner. We'll come back. We have been all over the place, and we got a lot to get to. We'll talk again. Georgia. Yep. Blaine Gilmore joins us. Rich Style is going to join us in hour number two as well. We'll talk in uh, Falcons football. On the flip side, it is three and out. Hit us up on Twitter at Pigskin Radio. We are streaming live, ESPNCoastal.com. You can also find us uh, broadcasting live on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. You can see Ben and I uh, cutting the fool talking about uh, Tom Hanks here on a Tuesday. On a Tuesday, it's three and out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Great to be back here with you on 3 and Out. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you're with us. 912-342-7184. You can join us or hit us up on Twitter at Pigskin Radio. Uh, at Pigskin Radio there on Twitter. You can also follow us along on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. You can see the show 
live as well across the uh, radio network. Ben Falcons OTAs are uh, still going on, and a lot of conversation, obviously, about what the Falcons are going to do at quarterback and how they look at wide receiver. But the running game uh, was was pretty tough uh, last year, and that might be putting it nicely uh, out there. As they're in OTAs, you have Cordrell Patterson, Damian Williams, Tyler Algier, and Jeremy McNichols. That's yep. your four guys. Is that better than what they had last year? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and, and, again. Don't like the fact that Cordell Patterson is listed as number one, but I, but I, I will well, say. Yeah, he's, a, he's number one on the depth chart. I will say this. The only reason why uh, a guy like Cordell Patterson is on the, is, is listed as number one, Kevin, you're trying to get as much height and athleticism on the field at one time. Uh, uh, the thing about Cordell Patterson, you could definitely uh, get him out the backfield. He could definitely run the football if you got him, if you got Alton Tate, if you got uh, you know, Brian Edwards, if you got Kyle Pitts, that's a, that's a lot of height, a lot of athleticism. I expect Damian Williams to end up being a starter. Coming over from Kansas City, a guy, you know, uh, really had a very, very productive career, f- faster than most people give him credit for. I think he's, you know, 30 years old, so you know how, how much he got left in the tank. Tyler Algier is obviously, you, got, you know, you got your rookie. Got a guy coming in that definitely want to try to, you know, add depth. And a journeyman, and Jeremy McNichols. I like the fact that Three of these guys are running backs. The starter is a is an athlete that can play running back, and it's about and it's and and I think what happens is Kevin. Look, this time last year, Mike Davis felt good about him. A guy that came in, you know, and I don't like the whole he looked good in camp. Okay, well he don't even play in the preseason, so I think that now Kevin, you got. You know, you got a guy in Damian Williams, you know, 220, 225. You got Tyler Algier, you know, around, you know, about two, uh, I want to say about like 210, 215. Jeremy Nichols, a guy that understands with the Titans the last two years. So seeing a guy like Derrick Henry work, these guys got good work ethic. They're coming from Titans, playoff team, Kansas City, Super Bowl winning team. Damian Williams was one of those running backs on that team. Tyler, you know, Tyler Algier, you know, you got guys coming in from, you know, I really, really, and obviously you got Cordero. I think that you're going to have to have production this year, Kevin, because we don't know. You know, you know, you don't, you don't know what, uh, you know, Drake London, and Kevin, you don't know what he's going to be yet. And I'm seeing all the love given to Kyle Pitts and no other tight end is that. What about the, what about the touchdowns? Oh, we got to get that up. Is Alden Tate ready to be a headliner? Is Brian Elvis coming over from uh, the Raiders ready to be headliners? Because, if you if if these if you can get a if you can get a when I say a solid running game I don't mean you got to be top five top ten, but you can't be bottom five you can't be bottom ten. Sometimes being around 20, 21, that's fine. That means it's good enough. Third and one, get the first down. Uh, you up by you know six points with uh you know four minutes left. Can you run your four minute offense to get first downs? You know because Kevin. Well, they could do any of that last year. I mean, that, I, that, I mean, again, the I look at that yeah. and say, to, to me, this is going to be uh, somebody has had better prove it uh, yes. in preseason. I don't want to sit here and, and look at this group and say, well, somebody's got to be number one, so that's what it is. I mean, no, this team was bad last yeah. year running the football. Uh, I think we've pointed out that stat. You know, they were horrible against the run, and they were horrible running the football. Like all the every yeah. measurable that you think is key, the Falcons were bad at it. Yeah. Uh, you know, we couldn't. Couldn't pre- last and pass and rushing the quarterback, uh, number one. I think they're number one and number two and giving up sacks, and they were last in getting sacks. So uh, they, they were bad all over. I, I want one of these guys, and I'm kind of like you, Ben. Not that I know Cordrell made a whole lot of money off of what he did last year in a career year, but I don't want him to be the number no, one running back. No. Like, I, like, And, again, that's kind of go back to, like, 
Cordero Patterson is the uh, uh, who was the quarterback that uh, came out of uh, Michigan that uh, you know they Deshaun, Jack, Ro- Deshaun Robinson. De- yeah, Deshaun Robinson. Who's the he's the O Dub. He doesn't have a position. He's just an offensive yeah, weapon. Yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah, and so yeah. I feel like that's what you're doing with Cordero Patterson. Like we don't know what we're gonna do. So he's just going to be the starting running back. Why? Well, because he needs some touches. Well, is he the best running back? No. Is he the best receiver? No. But we got to get him the ball. So we're going to put that to me uh, concerns me, Ben, because that does not a running game make. Uh, to me, you know, that, that puts it in there. It's like, well, when Damian Williams comes in, well, we're going to give him the football. To me, it makes you a little more predictable. I would Denard Robinson, I'm sorry. Denard Robinson, you're, yeah. you're correct. I, I, I worry about that with Cordero. Not that he didn't earn his money. It's not a money thing. It was, it's a, he's not a real running back, right? Everybody last year was like, you have a wide receiver playing running back. It was the Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, stuff from Green Bay. Like, dude, you're, you're starting running back. Where's 88? Like, what? Like, those years in Green Bay, he's like, you, your starting running back is wearing 88. You don't have a running back. And I feel like if Corswell Patterson is going to be the starter, you likely don't have a running back that you feel good about, Ben. You have a guy that you want to get the ball in his hands and let him go go work. And, again, maybe if Cordell is listening to me say this, he'd probably, you know, cussing me up one side and down, the, down another because yeah. I know, uh, you know, people get offended by that. But, look, he there's nothing wrong with saying you're an athlete and you're going to go out and get things done in space. That doesn't mean you're a running back, right? That doesn't mean – that you should be the number one guy. I, yeah. To me, I feel like if you're going to stick to what they thought worked in in Tennessee, Ben, to me, Damian Williams is more the prototypical guy yes. that I think yes. Arthur Smith wants. Yes. And Pat, Cordero Patterson is the guy that can make plays for you. And to me, I yeah, like yeah, him play, in that yeah, play, role. Yeah, playmaker, yes. I, I like him better in that role than, hey, we're going to give you 12 carries a game. Uh, no, let Damian Williams get 15 carries a game. Why don't we put you in the backfield at the same time? And make defenses guess, and just yes. let you work. So yes. I know that's uh, that, that's overly simplistic, Ben. But uh, no, no, uh, that, that's but that's what it is. It, it, at the end of the day, right? No, think about this. Hold on for a second, Kevin. What you do for a living? Oh, you know, I do radio. What are you doing? Uh, you know, <laughs> what do you mean? Like, well, you know, I do a lot. I'm no, it's like, it's like, like that, yeah. we have, listen. We obviously you got different roles. The reason the Cordell Patterson. Think about this. Had the career year. I'm gonna go out there and free agent thirty-one other teams. Well, do we? Over here, bro, we're going to let you play special teams and play receiver. Yeah, but also play running back. Listen, Debo Samuels got y'all out here going crazy. We're going to pay you to play receiver. Now, on a team like Atlanta that lacks any offensive identity, okay, we can do what we did last year, you know? But since last year, Matty Ice is gone. Mike Davis is gone. We don't Now we, now we want to get back to – and Arthur Smith, in one year, we still don't know what his offensive identity is because we kept saying, Kevin, this is and right, wrong, and different. We said, if you got Derrick Henry, I don't know how good of an OC you are. That doesn't mean that A.J. Brown wasn't incredible. That doesn't mean that Ryan Tannehill didn't yeah. have moments. But you have a guy that's not comparable to anybody. And he's, a two, you had a 2,000-yard rush. So if you look at your offense, But not just that, Ben, but, like, nobody in the league no. has anything close to Derrick no. Henry. Like, and, not even close. So I think now you're saying, look, we're looking at this offense. You could do gimmicks when you got a good offense to keep a defense off balance. If Cordell Patterson is our starting running back, and we got Damian Williams here, hopefully he'll be able to show some signs of life in our training camp. Tyler Algier, he's going to have to learn from guys like Damian Williams, like Jeremy Nichols. Now, is it good to have a Cordell Patterson? Absolutely. But that's for third down, second down, trying to move the chains, trying to get in a manageable third down. Maybe you do something with him on first down. 
But this comes down to how many athletes can get on the field at one time. It's still early. Obviously, uh, because of his contract extension, because he was on the team last year, that's why I think Cordell is number one. That's why I think Cordell's number one. Because there are two teams that have uh guys that play running back that have 80s, uh 80, 80, 80 something numbers. That would be Atlanta and New Orleans. New Orleans got Ty Montgomery. He's the one with 88. Yeah. You know why that looks weird? Yeah, because it is. <laughs> so I just think that Kevin, this year, it's about identity on offense. It's about Hey, we're gonna line up with a running back that looks like a running back, has a running back number. You went to, you know, you know, you went to uh the Atlanta Falcons website and said, oh, Damian Wick, running back. Because they're going to need stability. Why? Because you got a lot of guys that are athletes out there. Marcus Mariota, runner around a thrower. Cordell Patterson, a, a positionless player. Right? You know, Kyle Pitts can 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 I mean physical freak. Then you start talking about Alton Tate. Start talking about Brian Edwards. You got some guys, but a lot of but a lot of question marks out there. I don't know how good Brian Edwards is. I saw them say, "Man, oh my God, the Falcons got a got a beast." Well, you know how you know they might not be the case. Why? Because the other team let him go. Go ahead and get him. I'm just saying, like, and that's nothing against him. Sometimes, hey man, maybe he's not gonna work as an offense. But for me, Kevin, I'm going to need to see more running backs playing running back this year because if if Cordell Patterson ain't that running back, you can put him in the slot. I mean, and, and, and again, I I don't I know you hate comparisons and pigeonholing guys, and don't not say he's this guy, but don't you see him more being max useful and as a guy like a, a Julian Edelman guy, where it's like, hey, you can play slot, but you can also motion back here. We can give yeah, you the, of the course, football. Of and again, I'm not saying he is like that, but his skill set is like, hey, just give him oh, the he's football now. Yeah, but I think I think sometimes what football is right, Kevin. Think about this. I remember, I remember when Darren McFadden made the Wildcat incredible. Sure. Uh, you know, uh, when he was at uh, when he was at Arkansas. Then they 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 unveiled the Wildcat with Ronnie Brown and company down there with the Miami, uh, I mean Miami Dolphins, and nobody could stop it. Then they played New England, and New England beat the brakes off of the off of Miami with Ronnie Brown, and guess what? Never to be seen from. Or heard from again. Now, can you can you go into the basement of your of your uh, office? I mean, office of playbook and pull out a play. Yeah, everybody got something for yeah. But if you think you're finna win consistently in the National Football League with these defensive players and coordinators, with wide receivers playing running back, wide receivers playing running back, Taysom Hill, he plays quarterback, he plays tight end, he plays fullback, he plays running back, he plays special teams, but. Who's the starting quarterback this year? But James Winston. James Winston. Why? Because I need a guy that plays a quarterback position. I like guys that have to find different because they got a skill set. Cordell Patterson has a skill set that warrants him. And I, and this and this is another thing too, Kevin. I hope they do this. The more you put Cordell Patterson at receiver, you know what he can do now? Return kick. You think Cordell Patterson is as good as what you see? If you you ain't even realize how great he is as a punt returner, kick returner. Great. Couldn't do it. Too valuable. So you have to take him away from what he does because you got to play running back. Got to play receiver. Put him at receiver. Let him have some plays at running back. Put him at – because he can, he can flip the field. It could be a house call. So I love Cordell, obviously. You know, he you know he wear, you know, he wear that uh, – he wear that uh, – you know, uh, Falcons red and black. Love Cordell Patterson. But I just think that it's more of what they didn't have compared to – what they wish they did have. This year, you got running backs. Hopefully, Cordell don't have to play that much at running back. We'll see what happens, Kevin. But the preseason for the Atlanta Falcons is going to be very, very interesting because we're going to see just how guys 
Rose is going to look, you know, come with a real bullet star flying. Yeah, again, I, you look at the run game, it, and maybe there's a, a piece for Marcus Mariota to be a part of that uh, as well in the run game. But, yeah, I, obviously this is a better put-together group, but I would love it if it was Damian Williams, Tyler Algier, and Correll will give you three yeah. or four, not your number one. Yeah. Number one. And, again, Ben, this is just OTA, so, I mean, that obviously could change. But, I mean, coming out of training camp, if he's still number one, is that just kind of telling you what they don't either don't feel good about Damian Williams or they are just trying to put him somewhere to to make sure Patterson gets touched? I mean, why not uh, just say he's a slot? Yeah, right? I mean, yeah um, I would hope that because of his contract. I mean, is that going to offend somebody if he's a slot receiver? I mean, I, not, I, no, no, because because everybody, everybody, everybody not named Kyle Pitts. Obviously, uh, Drake London is going to be the starter. Alden Tate going into year five, coming over from Cincinnati. Brian Edwards going into, I think, year three, coming over from the Raiders. Brian Edwards probably going to be a starter on the left side. You're going to have Drake London on the, on the outside. Alden Tate going to factor into that. No. Cordell Patterson coming off a career year. We gave you some money, man. Well, you going to earn that money. I think it being in the slot is good. You need more You need more than one at every position. I need two tight ends. I need two slot receivers. I need two guys on the outside. That way I'm not missing a beat when one guy goes out. But they're going to look like the freaking Atlanta Hawks when they're out there. <laughs> how, how, how much height you got. I mean, 6'5", 6'6", 6'4". So they're going big bodies everywhere. Maybe that's why they got him at receiver. I mean, running back right now because he's another big body. But towards the end, towards the, towards the end, you know, towards when the, when the when the games really start going, it's gonna be more running back because you know Cordell's like two twenty five. I want to say Damian Williams is two twenty five. He's five ten. So you ain't missing no beef. You just missing height. Yeah. Let running backs play running backs. These guys have done their whole life. We've got more to come here. It's three and out. Southern the Pigskin Radio Network. Good to be here on this Tuesday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, Braves and A's coming up a little bit later tonight. Uh, NBA Game Three tomorrow. Finals Game Three tomorrow. Ben, we had a. Wild swing in game one that Boston comes back to win on the road and then just blow out City in, in game two. I yep. mean, uh, look, I know there's varying strategies. A lot of people said, hey, maybe the Celtics are like, hey, we already stole one on the road. It's not going our way in game two. We'll just we'll just pack it in. Is that is that a problem for you in the finals where, I mean, even throughout the playoffs, teams do it, but where the strategy is, well, we got we kind of look at it as uh, we got what we wanted. And if it's not going our way, rather than expend a bunch of energy like we did in game one to come back and win, uh, well, we'll just we'll just let this one go and, and lose by 30. I think it's a sign of the times, right, Kevin? I think um, if you are it's, – it's the, it's the old scenario of I'm chasing the guy to the end zone. He's 10 yards ahead of me. I'm going to run because everybody's watching. But I ain't running as fast <laughs> as I could be running. And it's like trying to conserve energy. I know at a certain point I can't catch this team because Kevin is. It's, but it's you like, came back from like fifteen down in game one. Yeah, but but the thing is too, right? You know them threes was dropping. Jason Taylor sure? had a bounce back game in, in game two. But you got to look at who you're facing. No one who has more. Who has more? I mean, you know, finals experience right now than the Warriors. I mean, Draymond, Clay, Andre Iguodala, Steph. You know, I mean, you got a bunch of guys that understand the situation. I, you know, Andrew Wiggins. And I think you said, though, Kevin, the greatest thing about game one is it's proved to the Warriors that they can be beat. They can be beat at their own game, and they stole one. Now, game three is going to have, uh, you know, game three is going to be totally different, obviously, you know, tomorrow night, you know, uh, in Beantown. But I, th- I think that what makes the finals incredible is the stars, you know, you know, the stars are, de- are, de- are definitely like uh, on display. 
Draymond Green is living up to the antic of being a bully. They got a they got they got some type of meme going that I don't know what Draymond was doing. He's just running everybody, just pushing everybody away from. But I heard that the, the, the officials know? came out after game two and were like, "Yeah, we we realize the guy's got a technical, or a uh, yeah, has got a technical already, and another one means he's going to get a suspension in the finals." So we officiate that differently. And Draymond was talking about, "Yeah, I should get preference." Like, no, 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 a, a technical foul is a technical foul, right? You shouldn't officiate it differently because you don't want to throw a star player out. I get it, you don't want to, but mm-hmm. if it's committed. I mean, if you're Draymond, obviously you're going to play with some freedom if they've come out and said, well, because he already got one, uh, then then we're going to be a little lax before we call another one because we don't want to throw him out. I mean, to me, that's open invitation to get away with some stuff. That that is, and that's that's not doing your job. I mean, I understand that certain players definitely come with a certain respect level. Draymond Green has been an incredible player since he stepped foot into into the NBA. But you got to call it. You got to call the game. They pay you to go out there and call the game. The players should be the players should be faceless, even though they're not. The players should be nameless, even though they're not. Draymond Green plays a certain way. He's an enforcer. Draymond Green is the modern age, you know, Dennis Rodman, Ben Wallace. I'm not here for what I do scoring the football, scoring the, scoring the basketball. I'm here for what I do uh, basketball IQ, being a defensive presence, uh, being you know, being just a nuisance out there. Causing getting guys out of their game, so worry about me and my antics that you forget that go thirty right there, oh, dropping threes. That go that go Wiggins dunking on people. That go Andre Iguodala giving you quality minutes. That go Clay. So Draymond understand what his role is, but in a sense, what Draymond is really saying, Kevin, is, hey man, you don't like what you said, call it on me. That's the age of you know uh, social media and everything's being watched, scrutinized, and these refs are saying, look man, like we know how he plays. Do we call it on it? But I like the fact that it's one one. It's still it's still a, uh, an incredible series. I hope it goes seven because the game seven makes makes everything even. But the Celtics got a big win in game one. Obviously, the Clay and T- Clay and Stephen coming to came back and got a big win in game two. We'll see what happens in game three. But Draymond, love the way he plays. Cause like I said, real similar to a Cordero Patterson. He's a positionless player. He's too small to play center, even though they put him. He's not the biggest to play power forward, but he's good enough to, to guard anybody on the floor. And he's and some can say he is the heart and soul of the Warriors right now. You don't like you don't you know check the resume three three uh what five finals appearances three sure. fi- three three finals uh, championships trying to add to a fourth. If Draymond you know Draymond ain't ever got to worry about being the MVP because it's all defense. I think game one he gave you a whopping four points five assists. <laughs> I don't know what he did in game two, but I love Draymond though man. You don't like the way Draymond plays man. Beat him. Oh, that's right. You got to deal with Steph and Clay and Andre. <laughs> and you know, and, Andrew, and apparently you know. a little, you know, like, what? A, a, a little, a little, a little hey, well, we're, well, we're not going to ring him up as well, fast. It's not, it's not every, everybody has, everybody in every league, you got to play this a little bit. I know. I mean, for, for the Celtics, this Mark is smart. He do the same type of stuff. Only difference is he's defensive player of the year. So he's going to come with a little bit more stripes, but he ain't got that coveted uh, world championship, that finals, you know, final championship in, yet. A lot of people in Cleveland would say Michael Jordan against uh, – I uh, was it uh, Russell? Russell, yeah. Uh-huh. Ah, got a little, a little shove off, maybe. No, put on the brakes. <laughs> hey man, I came back and hit it with the, you know. Hey man, Michael Jordan. He did, that dude. And, and he did it in front of uh, what? Craig Elo. He hit yeah. one in front of Craig. And uh, you know, and all, all, he, these, all these defensive stoppers saying, "Hey man, I should have been on Mike." Uh, I don't think it was gonna really matter who was on Mike. Gary Payton. He said, "Yeah, I should have just beat him up." Gary Payton said, "Probably wouldn't matter. They probably still win it." You know, win. <laughs> but at least I beat him up a little bit. And then, and then Joe Little said, uh, the glove. I had no problem with it. I, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about it. You look at something like I don't think like he had a whole lot of problems. I'm thinking about you look at something and go, the glove. 
I had no problem getting paid. Not, yeah. Not a problem. Just none. None. none way to get That's why he is the, <laughs> the legit, the yeah. legit go. We <laughs> yeah. got more to come here. It is three now. Take three around the corner. Blaine Gilmer, uh, UGA Sports.com, going to join us. Arch Manning. Was hanging out around the arches this past weekend. Is he actually going to go to Georgia? We'll talk to Blaine about that. Also, Rich Styles, Back Nine Boys Golf Show. Join us. Everybody going, not everybody, but a lot of folks going to this LIV Tour, the U.S. Open next week. They came out and made a statement uh, about players going to play over there. We'll get to that with Rich in hour two. It's three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to be here on this Tuesday. We've got the Braves and A's coming up. Later tonight, Braves uh, Matt Olson against his former team. I have that for you coming up 6.05. After we are done here on 3 and Out, we'll hear from Blaine Gilmer, recruiting analyst at UGASports.com, uh, coming up in hour number two. Also, uh, Rich Stiles, Back Nine Boys Golf Show, will join us. And we'll talk all things golf with him. There is a lot going on around the uh, the PGA Tour and the new, the live, the LI, whatever you want to call it, uh, the live tour that's going on starting this week, uh, there in London. Ben, yesterday, we were, we, I had it down. You talked about it earlier. I had it down. I want to talk to you about Ben watching weird videos on, on the internet. And Ben is one that can always be. Oh, hey, yeah. He, if you want to know something funny, <laughs> or weird, Ben will come up to you and go, well, look at this. Oh, yeah. And you go, so today you retweeted a video of, <laughs> I, get, I don't know where he was, a dude at the zoo. So I guess Not doing something he ain't got and no he business. goes up to the 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 the, the cage the, the orangutan. that the orangutan is in, and the orangutan looks at him and goes get over here and sticks his arm out. Like if you've seen fight videos where people are like you grab somebody by the shirt and they're pulling back and the shirt he's got that dude by the shirt ain't letting go. The dude walks back to try to free his shirt and the orangutan goes got you and grabs him by the ankles and just grips on. It's like you're not going anywhere. He better be lucky. I'm like, dude, dude look like. He was scared, and the orangutan looked like he had been wrestling, you know, since sixth grade. Like, that's, that's all I'm going to say. Like, he had a dude in the lock, and it's like, loosen my grip. Ain't going to happen. Number one, gonna happen. N- number one, what, what, what you doing that close to the cage? Uh, number t- number two, the orangutan, when he got it, it's like the orangutan, like, I, like, I'm about to get this dude. I'm tired of him looking at me. He think I'm something to play with. You know, that, that, that grip. What was the friend doing behind? Like, what are you doing? That was not a good friend. He You're was not like, doing anything. He was the guy that's like, let go. Let go. You know? like, the, like the orangutan. I'm like, what are you doing? King Louis was heated. King Louis reached out, grabbed him. Was that, that, a, was that his name? No, that, that, that's, uh, that's, that's, his, what, <laughs> that's, what, that's what the orangutan thing was on a jungle on book. A jungle book. <laughs> I'm just saying. What? I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> what? King Louis reached out, grabbed No. Animals. <laughs> listen, listen. Listen. Wild animals are amazing Creatures, they really, are. and they, and, and just like Kevin, think about this. I would, if that's one of us, you about pass out. Number one, I'm not getting that close to anything. I mean, because he just looking at, so he just went, uh, grab the shirt. I'm gonna pull the shirt, and I'm gonna grab his legs. The dude end up like parallel to the ground, and and still the friend, the friend is probably like, bruh, get away from that ring thing, man. <laughs> no, nah, man, he, he can't do nothing behind. No, he can't do something. The friend's right? like, I'm not getting to catch. I'm yeah, not fixing like, to catch those hands. Number one, I'm not getting close to anything that could that could potentially grab me or spit on me. And and the ring tank is right there. So He's, no llamas. Oh no, no. How people be like, you know, going don't, on the, don't llamas spit? Yeah, the okay. llamas come up to you, or you let the camels like stick their face in the car and stuff. Go on now. Like I, don't, <laughs> I, ain't, I, ain't, I ain't playing with none of that stuff, man. Like, have you ever been to a place like that? Yeah, yeah. I've I've, yeah. Uh, I've been um. I've been to Animal Kingdom down in um in uh Orlando, and you know you get to walk 
you know, they, they take you on a safari or whatever, and, you know, you some of the animals are just out there. No, I'm, ta- I, I'm talking, like, there's a place in Florida, I, I forget the name. The Neverglades or whatever? It's down in South Florida. Uh, I think it's called uh, Lion Country Safari. Anybody uh-huh. heard of that? Have you ever heard of it? Not doing it. No, so you get out there, and you pay, and you drive your car through the place. So, like, we're here. I, I think I have it on my phone. I have to look. So we're driving, right? And there's literally like a rhino walking outside the vehicle next to the car, and or a you know a zebra or something. Like you go through all these different ones, and there's like gazelles running across the road and all that kind of stuff, and they're right there. Now, no tigers. There's tigers in an separate thing, but you didn't drive through there. But like yeah. all the quote animals that won't attack you, I guess they're just out there. I mean, so when you're driving park by your car, you like this? Don't say no, don't no. No, I rolled the window, and I was like, if he turns his head though. So Hopefully my, he is not spooked no, no, by the click. The, the reason game. why I wouldn't do that, but it was it was cool because you're like out yeah. there in it. But again, I'm not sticking my hand out the vehicle or anything like that. And no, if a giraffe or something came up to the car and wanted to stick its head in the car, that ain't happening either, Ben. Now, yeah, I, I'm yeah, with yeah. you. I'm putting, I'm putting. The, listen, because my kids, I'm putting the car on child. Uh, how, lock. How, how how bad would your kids be freaking out? If like a a, oh a gazelle or a wildebeest or something just stuck his head in the car, it, it, it's, it's listen, Daddy, open up the sunroof. No, no, <laughs> I ain't finna be no open up no sunroof. Like, I mean, look, at the end of the day, right? They're wild animals for a reason. They destroy anything. Their habitat is anything that's not supposed to be in their habitat. Very, very impressed by King Louis the orangutan that grabbed the guy by the shirt, grabbed him by the legs, and he had, I mean, he had the orangutan King Louis kung fu grip. On old boy, because he lifted old boy up like he was nothing. And once again, the friend has proven that you are not. Listen, you 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 like a you like a passenger that go to sleep on a long road trip. You are no help at all. You just sitting there. Look now, in 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 the in, the, uh, in, in uh, to be fair to the to the to the friend, maybe the friend scared as hell. I see what he's doing to you. I don't because what if he let you go and grab me? Then we really gonna have a problem. I would have passed out. I'm not doing that, man. I can see. I'm not doing because if no. this ever happens to me at the zoo, this is where no, I'm, I'm no. gonna see. I'm gonna see you elbows and rear end of Ben Troop. I'm out. Oh yeah. Ben, oh yeah. Gonna, oh oh yeah. You gonna see me second. I'm leg in, in, I'm in the gonna death see grip. You gonna be second leg in the relay race. Yeah. You you gonna you gonna see you gonna see booty and elbows just running. Mm. I don't I don't mess. Listen, I'm from the south to where Kevin. This am I the only one to wear? You know. If you walk down the street, you know you're dealing with the, you're dealing with the, you know ducks crossing the street. You know you got squirrels. If a squirrel is running across the street, he stops and he turns around yeah. and he looks at you. Do you go don't don't do it? <laughs> no, I, I look. Yeah, <laughs> like you just go. All right, let's squirrel. Go I mean, the, the problem I always have with like animals is that you don't really know what they're doing. No, like dogs. Okay, uh, some dogs you can look at it like okay, he's happy. I, I I live by this line: cats are not to be trusted. Nope. They don't make noise. I, I know, you, I know some of you are cat people, but nope. cats are not to be trusted uh, because cats, if you notice, if you're not a cat person, you go to people's houses that have cats, you're like, oh, he's so sweet. Cats will just look at you and then all of a sudden, jump, and they're in your lap. Yeah. Just like that, for no reason. Not doing it. Dogs will at least give you that look and then they give you the rock. The one, two, I'm about to do it. I'm about and, then to do they, it. and then they do it. Cats, not to be trusted. I don't know what I would do if a orangutan grabbed me. Because what do you do to provoke a orangutan? He's like, if you don't be, stop looking be at too me. too close. He gave me the meme Everybody mug. Everybody got the same fear when you go to the when you go to the when you go to the uh, when you go to the zoo. Gave me the meme mug. You over there by the gorillas. They got the big they got the big <laughs> open area, and then they got the big open area, and they got this part that separates you like with the water. 
I, I know ain't the only one that been to a zoo. I, I went to the Atlanta Zoo and I said, is that gorilla backing up? He backing we'll come like back. He, we'll get more jump. zoo stories next. It's three and out. Good to have you along here. Three and out. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, thanks for making us a part of your day. A lot to get to here in hour number two. Blaine Gilmer, recruiting analyst, UGASports.com, will join us in about 20 minutes. We'll talk about uh, Georgia recruiting post-national championship. Also, Arch Manning is going to be a Georgia Bulldog. We'll get to uh, that coming up in just a little bit. And Rich Stiles, host of the Back Nine Boys Golf Show, will join us coming up uh, in about 30 minutes here on the program. So much to get to in regards to the PGA, the LIV, the U.S. Open next week, and more. So he'll join us coming up in just a little bit. But first, Ben, let us take three here on Three and Out. All right, take one. The Atlanta Falcons signed Jared Bernhardt to a, as a non-drafted free agent. He is a college lacrosse player. People will say, he was the best player in college lacrosse last season. How hard for how hard will it be for him to make the team? Can he make the team? I mean, I don't know that he's played football since maybe high school, played lacrosse in college. It's going to be hard for him to make the team. I think sometimes though, you can't have you can't have those guys that can play different sports, Kevin. I I know that there are a lot of guys in the, in the National Football League now that you know, they have a basketball background, and, you know, they're able to translate. It's, it's about learning whatever position uh, you're going to play. But well, he's 6'1", 195. Well, yeah, 6'1", 195, so he's probably going to be a receiver or, you know, definitely some help with the running back position, a guy that's used to, you know, uh, contact. But <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I'm rooting for him. I think when you think about this Falcons team, you know, you're going to need a guy that's going to give you maximum effort, a person that's going to have to be very, very knowledgeable of everything going on. It's, it's not the athleticism, though. It's the speed. It's how – Everything happens suddenly when you out there, you know, uh, on the field, and you got to be able to translate information from the film room, you know, to the practice field. But uh, hey, I'm rooting for him. The Atlanta Falcons right now are trying to sign anybody they can get for the cheap. And if you never played yeah. football before, come on through. I just I, again, we've seen guys that have been like rugby guys and all that who have done it. But I just wonder, you know, you didn't play football for four years, and now you're going to try to make it in the pros. Yeah, there are. Guys who have played football for four and five, six, seven years who yeah. can't make it in the pros. Hey, look, at the end I, of the day, at the end of the day, I look at it like this. They are giving him an opportunity. They're giving him a shot. The thing about the training camp, uh, OTAs, uh, mandatory mini camps, you got a lot of bodies out there. I want to see what who fit. And sometimes, Kevin, you bring guys in because they're good for your locker room. I mean, certain guys are really, really good for the locker room, helping guys jail. It is a very, very traumatic time. It's a very, very stressful time when you're a fringe guy, when I don't know if I'm going to make the team or I'm a fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh-round rookie or I can't pick up the terminology. Sometimes you bring a guy in for their leadership, for their perspective, and just the way they go about their business. Hey, I'm rooting for them, but like I said, in a, in a, in a very, very – you know, not so, not the greatest talented, not the most talented team you've ever seen. You want to be able to try to see what guys can work out. And if, if it doesn't work out, uh, you know, uh, you know, for him, uh, Kevin, I mean, it doesn't work out for Jared. He's at least auditioning for 31 other teams or at least to make the Atlanta Falcons practice squad. And there you go. Hey, so, I, I look, I think it's obviously going to be tough, but who was it that – the Patriots signed that like didn't even play. Uh the receiver. He played, he played lacrosse. He uh, played lacrosse. Yeah. Uh, the receiver. He ended up being. And he ended up, but but once again, I'm trying to remember who it was. But yeah, I, I, I will. I will. Well, listen, we gonna we gonna we gonna get a statistician on this show one day. We are gonna just get. I'm, I'm gonna snap my finger <laughs> and give it to him. Do but it. No, I, I will. I will find him here. In the so second. so Ben is looking that up. We'll move along then to uh, to take two. Aaron Donald is now the highest paid non quarterback 
ever in the National Football League, and you came on yesterday and said, and rightfully so, best defensive player in the league. So he is. He got with that two-year, $60 million restructuring. He's the highest non-paid quarterback ever in the National Football League. Who should be number two? Well, before I even get to that, Chris Hogan was his name. Chris, Chris Hogan, Hogan okay. uh, former lacrosse player. Uh, right, listen, congratulations to uh, congratulations to Aaron Donald being the highest played non-quarterback uh, in the National Football League. He earns every single penny. The question is, who should be number two as far as like a non-quarterback? Non-quarterback highest paid. Wow. Man. Because he broke the paint. Uh, you know what? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I'm going to tell you who, be the, who should be the second highest non-quarterback. Debo, whoa! I'm gonna tell you why, Kevin. Now I thought you were gonna say a tight end because you gotta have that look. I was like, nah, oh. I mean Travis. I mean, if Travis Kelsey is, I mean, I, th- I definitely think he's well well underpaid. He he would be a great number two. But this is why I think it should be Debo. Debo Samuel's is disgruntled because he plays receiver. He also plays running back. He's missed to do everything for that San Francisco, but he was a first team All Pro at receiver, first team. But he also had five rushing touchdowns. Kyle Shanahan is really, really good at finding find ways to give playmakers the ball. If you're going to put me at running back, and I'm also a first-team all-pro at, at what I got drafted to do, I want to get paid for both. So the second, I mean, the second-highest-paid non-quarterback should be Debo. Because if you don't like it, don't, don't have me in the backfield. I think Debo should get a shout-out to Debo Samuels. You know, Debo, listen, Debo going to games, and I think Debo was at a uh, – I think he was at a, a regular season Warriors game sitting there with Steph. Steph coming up to him, giving him jerseys. I'm like, must be good to be a 49er these days. Think about this. The San Francisco 49ers actually play in Santa Clara. The 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 Warriors actually play in San Francisco. So the San Francisco 49ers actually got to go to San Francisco to see a Warriors game, and the Warriors got to go to Santa Clara to see a freaking 49ers <laughs> game. So here, there we go. Got <laughs> to take a road trip? Yeah. Either way, straight uh, down eight eighty. Shout out, shout out, shout out, shout out to the Bay, you know, which is crazy out yeah. there in California. You driving down the street, you see cows and you know uh, horses that, like in the middle of the interstate, just craziness. But yeah. California is a crazy state. Either way, it's a good pick. Yeah. I was, I thought you might have said like a Jalen Ramsey or something, but well, Jalen Ramsey always got a chance. I mean, but short term, but, 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 tra- but, tra- but Travis Kelsey is a good pick. Yeah. I mean, back to back to back to back to back thousand yards see, seasons as a tight end broke all these records. Silky smooth with what he does. Hey man, got a chance to meet him at the Pro Bowl back in uh back in twenty I want to say twenty fifteen. Cool dude. Well, there you go. All right, moving along. Take three. This is the most important one, Ben. Before we get to come on Blaine Gilmer, come on recruiting analyst with DGASports.com. We'll talk obviously dog recruiting with him today. Is National Chocolate Ice Cream Day? However, Ben is chocolate ice cream even in the top five? Ooh, let's go. Through. I know I just made some people crash out yeah, here. Yeah, hold, hold on, hold on. Okay, listen, listen. Vanilla got to be in it. No, no. Vanilla is in the top five. All right, now you start getting into flavors. Strawberry, sorry, in the top five. Cookies and cream, sorry, is in the top five. Now. Cookie dough probably Cookie, in oh, cookie dough, number four. We already the number five. People's like Tom Hanks movies. We, we, it's too many <laughs> names. I will say chocolate does make it in slightly top in the five, Kevin, but I will say this. Not chocolate by itself, not just chocolate ice cream. You know, we talking about you know, like, like fudge ribbon or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, like, no, like, like, like 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 moose tracks or something, something well, like that. Well, they don't make chocolate moose tracks, or do they? Yeah, they do. 
I thought it was Moose Tracks was vanilla ice ah, cream. They got chocolate. We, okay. What we're going to do one day on the show, we're going to just <laughs> do some taste tests. We're going to come in. Kevin going to say, a whole bunch. Kevin, Kevin, listen, I'm going to do a segment. Kevin going to be eating and say, oh, my God, this is amazing. <laughs> and I'm going to do that. No. Now, to the, to the, I will say this. Chocolate is, for, for, for children, some, listen, oh, yeah, I'm chocolate, saying. Listen, shout out to, listen, shout out to my niece, Jamie. <laughs> my niece, Jamie, will say, Uncle, Uncle Benny, you know I don't eat vanilla. I don't eat chocolate. I'm just saying as an adult. You probably don't go to chocolate as like your number one. I don't, no. I, I don't think it's a top five. And again, I, not that we t- I had a discussion about this the other day where you remember uh, back in the day, my grandparents always had this and my granddad always had this in his house, the Neapolitan ice cream. Yes. Where you, you had the vanilla, strawberry, vanilla, vanilla chocolate. chocolate. And, and my son said, so the chocolate and strawberry. I was like, no, vanilla was in the middle because yep. chocolate and strawberry couldn't touch. Yep. Uh, and just me. The chocolate was always the it last, always last, last always in, the, last. in yeah. the bucket because people would straight the strawberry, people would straight the vanilla, yes. and the chocolate was left. So I say chocolate, not in my top five. Hey, hey, not look, in my top five. Look, hey, listen, uh, hey, Kevin, like you said, vanilla, listen, listen, that, that soft serve, ooh, just. Mm. What I really liked as a kid, I have not had it as a in a long time, and if it's one of those where I want to make sure my taste haven't changed, but I used to love uh, lemon custard from the Varsity. Very good. There was a couple ice cream shops that had lemon custard. Oh, very, very good. Listen, my favorite ice cream now. I mean, so that would be like my number one or number two. Cheesecake, listen, cheesecake ice cream. If you don't know, now you know. It is woo woo. No, 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 chocolate would not be in my top five. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I know what I don't know what you would consider. I was a big sherbet uh, fan growing up. Sherbet is, but you're right, Kevin. I mean, if I go somewhere, I mean, I'm only eating the chocolate because that's all we got. We look around like lime sherbet and some Seven Up. Oh, Oh my goodness. See, now Kevin I get really getting into it. Listen, the lion's shirt with the 7-Up, if you've never had it, people, yeah, you ain't from the Sizzle. <laughs> I'm telling you. We used to get that a lot as a kid. My, I was like, you want a, uh, some lime sherbet and 7-Up? Sure. Good, man. It was, it was amazing. It was made no. Chocolate, though, not in my top five. You say it's five for you? It's uh, not in my top five. I, mean, I move it sh- out. Sh- shout, out to my, shout out to my niece, James. That's what she's saying. Uncle Benny, don't do this to me. So I, I will put it in top five. Begrudgingly, but yeah. Begrudgingly, so it's right at number five. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, I'm just trying to, you know, make sure yeah. we're 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 in accordance with where you but, have. But like list. I said, in a in a in a in a in a, you know, we got like options. Yeah. Not like good. like like if I had to be an ice cream and eat myself, it's not gonna be chocolate. <laughs> so just just so y'all know. <laughs> what? <laughs> like if I like I am an ice cream, what would you do? Oh, it's gonna be vanilla or uh, 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 cheesecake. What about <laughs> chocolate? Nope, not doing it. <laughs> that may be the weirdest. <laughs> That may be the weirdest thing ever said on the show. That's that's the kind of stuff we used to say, like when I play football. Like, hey man, if you was if you was a food, what would you like? If you had to, if you this you were a food, but you had to eat yourself, you'd be oh man, mac and cheese. I mean, I'm. I would say that might be the weird. If I was an ice cream cone, I was a chocolate. I wouldn't eat myself. (laughs) No, 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 no. I will say this: a chocolate dipped cone, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, yes, yes. But then again, that's that's different. Somewhat. It's not chocolate ice cream. It's not. You're coating the vanilla ice cream. And for those of you out here who get uh, vanilla frosties, you know who you are. You <laughs> that be, might be the only you, you acceptable. Sh- you should be. No, no, no. Is Kevin? it frosty ice cream? You consider. I mean, what is? Or is, is it, it? Or is it a frosty? I don't, I don't know. I, I tell you what. Is this his own thing? I think Kevin. Have you ever had a vanilla frosty? Uh, no, actually, my uh, <laughs> full disclosure: my wife actually uh, gave the what for to a a uh, drive-through employee for even asking. <laughs> I, I we went there, and she goes, she goes, and I would like frost. She goes, I would like two frosties. And the lady, I think the lady or whoever it was, goes chocolate or vanilla. And she goes, excuse me. She goes, there is only one kind. Come on. And I was highly worried we were even going to get that. 
after that discussion <laughs> at the drive through. That's take three. We do it every day at this time. We'll come back talking some Georgia football. Blaine Gilmer, UGASports.com, joins us here on 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you along here, 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you are with us. Big weekend this past weekend in Athens for recruiting and joining us to recruiting analyst from UGASports.com. Blaine Gilmer steps in here on 3 and Out. Blaine, welcome. How are you? Doing well. Uh, thank you, Kevin and Ben, for bringing me on. I'm, I'm excited to talk a little bit about Georgia recruiting here. Hey, ab- absolutely. And what's the uh, the vibe been like, obviously, post-national championship? I, I, I know Georgia was recruiting at a high level, but I'm sure uh, it's probably kicked to another notch post-national championship. Well, that's actually been an uh, odd dynamic, right? Uh, it seems like, you know, there was this envision that if Georgia ever broke down the door that, that recruits and everything would just kind of flood in. But I think it's been kind of a reverse filter, if you will, where I think Kirby Smart has seen the longevity, uh, of course, at Alabama where he was before and, and things like that and knows that once you get to the top, I think you have to be even more selective in particular about who – is taken into the program. So I think it's really actually been even more of a selective process. So it's kind of been an interesting dynamic there in, in the world of recruiting for Georgia. And Blaine, how much, how much, uh, how much crazy are these recruiting visits? I understand it's about catering to your demographic, which is, you know, 17 to 20, 17 to 18 year olds. But how crazy are these, uh, visits getting? Because obviously, you know, you got the arch manics of the world, but they got to cater to these guys and they gotten, they got four or five stars on campus all throughout this offseason. Absolutely. And you're talking about every one of, 13 official visitors having their their own, uh, you know, blacked out SUV, taking them from the airport to campus around anywhere they need to go. Uh, first class deal with the accommodations that, that they have, uh, you know, unbelievable, unbelievable food options, all that kind of stuff all throughout the deal. Um, and having guests like Thomas Davis came back and talked to the the recruits this weekend. Um, you know, a, a former Georgia Bulldog and an NFL legend in, in his own right. So uh, they're they're pulling out all the all the stops when it comes to these big official visits. And this this last official visit was actually the most official visitors that Georgia's ever had under the Kirby Smart era. They had 13 of, uh, official visitors and and one guy there that was on an unofficial, but he was. Very, very highly coveted, just like the official visitors. So, and, and Blaine, obviously, the guy that caught a lot of headlines is Arch Manning. I mean, he plays quarterback. His last name is Manning. He's highly sought after. Where do you see this thing right now? I know Georgia fans were in the stands when he came on a visit during the season last year. Say, hey, we want Arch uh, to come to uh, come to Athens. Obviously, you've got a very talented quarterback room. You believe in Athens. He's, a lot of people say it's maybe Georgia and Texas. Do you see it as that's, that's the options? Is there a great chance that a Manning winds up in Athens? Uh, I, would, I would say Georgia is trending towards being, uh, being a favorite in this right now. Um, however, Texas is going to get that last opportunity, uh, last official visit that comes out. Alabama, I mean, you never count out Nick Saban in, in anything in life. I mean, you're just crazy to do that if you count Nick Saban out at all when it comes to college football. But the fact that they have taken Eli Holstein, a 2023 uh, quarterback already in this class, tends to make you think that, you know, 
uh, that that they're almost not conceding, but that that it's it's highly unlikely it ends up at Alabama. So I think Georgia and Texas is too much viable options, and um, you know Georgia certainly put their best foot forward this past weekend, and uh, Texas will Texas will get the last crack at it. But um, you know there's there's different theories out there, uh, but at, at same time, a lot of it's just theories because the Manning family uh, is very, very school that uh, controlling the narrative when it comes to this, and they've kept everything very, very close to the vest. But uh, all indications by people who were on the visit with Arch Manning were that there was a lot of talk between him and Justice Haynes and T.J. Shanahan. These are firsthand accounts of, of you know, what it would be like to play together at Georgia and things of that nature. And, and, and Blaine, to that end, I mean, you have to imagine wherever he goes, but if he goes to Georgia, are we talking about one of the, I don't want to say the best, but one of the most infamous, famous, uh, highly awaited prospects ever to come to uh, Georgia when you got a kid that plays quarterback named Manning and the expectations that come there with? Well, yes, exactly. Thanks to his uncles and what and his his grandfather, what they did in the game of football, what they've done in the in the media world since. Um, whether Arch actually ends up saying a word or anything like that going forward, he can just probably stand on in front of a camera for commercials and with the last name Manning if he's. It, it remotely lives up to the expectations and be worth millions and millions of dollars of, of NIL uh, the right way, uh, the, the way that um, the way that it was intended to be, because he's going to command that. And you, you, you talk about all of uh, that. It other recruits see that as well. Right. And uh, so a high tide raises all boats. That would kind of be, be the draw there for uh, an Arch Manning and maybe some other skill players on offense to, to to join up with him. And Blaine, when you think about a guy like Kirby Smart, I mean, he's ran the gauntlet. Obviously, he had to beat Alabama to win the national championship. But it's almost like, yes, he finally got that. He, you know, he finally got that weight off him. But how how crazy is recruiting? Because people hear about it and they go, "Look, you talk about the fact that you got to remain there, but he's you no know, number one, number two, number three in the country. How hard was harder?" Running the gauntlet and winning the national championship or being number one, number two, or number three in recruiting year in and year out? <laughs> well, they kind of go, they kind of go uh, hand in hand, right? Uh, you, you, you see the, the schools that are at the top. It's who is doing that recruiting that well. So I think that uh, what Kirby Smart enjoys more, I think Kirby Smart enjoys recruiting <laughs> more than anything else because during the season he's having to deal a lot with the media and things like that, stuff that – he's not really keen on doing right. He just wants to coach ball and, and, but he's got that connection, his background, his dad being a high school coach, he enjoys talking to these high school athletes, to these high school coaches. He loves to recruit um, and does it like he's still an assistant coach and, and how he goes about it. So, you know, when you, when you hear some of these other recruits that we talk to, they refer to Nick Saban as, as coach Saban. They refer to Ryan day as, as coach day, um, but when they talk about Kirby, they say they refer to him as Kirby. I mean, it, it's a, it's a very personal relationship, it seems. So I think it's harder to land those recruiting classes, but it just so happens. I think that's what Kirby enjoys more. I mean, Lane, I mean, you, you talked about already blacked out vehicles for each <laughs> one of them. You know, make sure they got their favorite snack when they get up to the to the room. I've seen them. They got posters of them. I mean. 
I mean, do do they do they tell them don't even don't don't even bring a bag that will change your clothes. Everything you're gonna need is gonna be here when you get to the room. <laughs> I I think they I think they can they can bring obviously their old clothes and stuff. But when you talk about, it, you're absolutely right. I mean, if they for months are putting together information on these guys and and years and some of them about their their likes, their dislikes. They track uh, things that they you know gather through conversations with these guys over the years and all of it culminates in that official visit uh there so that that is one thing that all of these recruits when they talked to us they said what's mind-boggling about georgia is the is the itinerary is the um attention to detail on the visit and how scheduled out everything is and basically the formula that that georgia uses um, I say this all the time. Georgia is as good as anybody when it comes to on-campus recruiting, and uh, that that's that's part of it. And a lot of that that blueprint blueprint has been now taken to other places in the country because as you have success and other people go to different jobs, so it's uh, it's interesting to to see how that all plays out. But Georgia certainly does a very good job managing the craziness, but making it controlled chaos, if you will. There, Ben. Blaine Gilmer, recruiting analyst, UGASports.com, joining us. Blaine, you mentioned, you know, Arch Manning, NIL. And I just want to look at that from a from a recruiting-wide standpoint. It's not supposed to be intertwined, right? But we spent all offseason alleging and thinking that it was intertwined with, you know, Texas A&M's recruiting class. Is that just an inevitable relationship of some sorts where recruiting classes and NIL on some level are going to get tied together? Oh, yeah. Yes, no doubt. I mean, that, that, everybody knows that's going on. But let me be clear with Arch. It's not inducement with, with Arch. Arch is actually, because of his name, because of the circumstances, he is going to be one that will organically uh, organically draw unbelievable amounts of, of NIL and through, through a way that it was intended to be where if you're marketable, companies approach you, you can – take advantage of your name, image, and likeness. But uh, unfortunately, there are some circumstances out there among different places around the country where the inducement part of NIL has gotten involved, and that's, of course, what Saban and and Fisher got in their public tiff about and things like that. So uh, it's kind of become inevitable, uh, and there are – um, things that, that the NCAA and, and all these conferences are going to try to get reined in at some point and change. But uh, to a certain extent, the genie's out of the bottle, and NIL is uh, is here to stay and, and just part of part of recruitment now. And, and finally, uh, Blaine, the most pressing question on every Georgia fan's mind is, so we saw it all over the, uh, the web this weekend, white uniforms, it's happening, uh, full uh, white helmets, everything? <laughs> I would be shocked if uh, the – if the white helmets actually make it onto the field, I, I maybe could see the the white on white unis, maybe. But Kirby, man, he uh, he's in love with those silver britches, in love with the uh, traditional looks that Georgia has. He has allowed a few uh, alternative looks here and there, but uh, those, those classic, uh, you know, home reds and uh, road whites with the silver britches in, in both scenarios, I think, are going to be the norm with the with the red helmet, of course, for Georgia. Blaine Gilmer, recruiting analyst, UGASports.com, our guest here on 3 Out. Blaine, appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Blaine Gilmer joining us here on 3 and Out. Boy, a lot of people saying Arch Manning going to wind up potentially in Athens. So you have a Manning at Ole Miss, mm-hmm. a Manning went to Tennessee, and mm-hmm. maybe one that goes to 
University of Georgia, Ben. At the end of the day, Kevin, I mean, you know, you know that uh, you know that he was going to move the needle when you said because people are always saying, I mean, how much pressure is on the offspring of great athletes? Hey, I mean, at the end of the day, it ain't it ain't Eli's kid, it ain't Peyton's kid, yeah, right. I mean, it's Cooper's kid, Arch, and I think that you knew he, he's a five star, you know, six four, big arm. I just think that Kevin. The thing is, they said, well, "What are you gonna do? He's coming." I mean, look, blacked out unit, blacked out vehicles. My, no, all, 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 hey, you know as well as I do. I mean, Brock Vandegrift, Gunnar Stockton. You may love Georgia. Arch Manning shows up. He's playing. I'm, I'm sorry. That's just that's how it is. Everything is all cool now. Come 2023, don't sit there. Why? That's Arch seat. Yeah. He ain't even. <laughs> he, he just he just landed at F. He's gonna get here. Yeah. And he's uh, yeah, Arch Manning. I mean, you hate to say, but Arch Manning doesn't come to sit. Uh, you know, probably not how it's gonna go. We got more to come. We're switch gears, talking a little golf. A lot happening around uh, golf. We'll chat with Rich Styles, the Back Nine Boys Golf Show, next here on Three and Out. Good to have you back here, three and out on this Tuesday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop. Uh, glad you're making us a part of your day. The world of golf is just all over the place uh, right now. The I don't know how you say. Rich Styles joining us from the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. Is it LIV? Is it Live? Is it like what, what do you call this thing? Well, I can't talk about it because I've just resigned from the PGA. <laughs> but Rich, you and I were talking about this earlier. I didn't even know like that was a thing. Like you had to resign in order to go do this. I think that you really don't. I mean, I think they're doing it to maybe have the opportunity to come back. Uh, I don't know, but I've never heard such a thing. I was surprised when I saw that Kevin Na resigned, the DJ resigned. Um, I just think they're trying to put separation between themselves and the money decision that they made to go to the LIV tour. And, and Rich, obviously they were getting grilled today about their decision to go uh, with some of the things that the Saudis uh, have done versus the money. I know people could say, and I, I know people were critical of, hey, you're just taking the money. I don't think the average person understands how much extra money some of these guys are making. I'm not saying it makes it good, right, or whatever, but Dustin Johnson was guaranteed more money than Tiger Woods made playing golf. Yep, and uh, that was his decision. He said, I'm doing what's best for me and my family. Uh, you know, let's look at it. I mean, the there's eight events. There's a lot of money, and it's guaranteed. 54 holes instead of 72. Uh, there is more money than they're going to get. As I said, it's guaranteed. And, you know, Live Golf, headed by Norman and the Saudis, is simply how much money do you want to make? And that's basically the decision. I mean, DJ, Phil, Kevin Na have given up chances to play on the Ryder Cup team, chances to play on the President's Cup team. Uh, they do, according to the USGA today, will be able to play in the U.S. Open. Um, but what other ramifications are going to come after this? Who knows? There's still a lot to be determined. Uh, but the LIV is definitely shaking things up on the PGA Tour. Yeah, Richard, and, and to that point, when you think about the LIV, I mean, giving out that type of money to people, they know they had to, they had to think in that regard to be able to get guys like DJ and Phil. But the PGA, I mean, a lot of smoke right now as far as like this is what we're going to do, this is what they're going to do. What kind of statement does the PGA going to have to come out and do because they made such a big thing about it? These are about some of the biggest names in golf. What do you think PGA is going to have to do once, you know, uh, DJ and uh, Phil do decide to try to get back, get back in? 
Well, I think they've already made it. They've already drawn the line on the sand, saying that if you make the choice to play on the LIV Tour, you are no longer going to be able to play on PGA Tour events. Uh, DJ has already, as has Graham McDowell, uh, the RBC is this week, and both of them were sponsored by RBC, one of the many sponsors they both have, and they both dissed RBC, who wished them well in their new endeavor to go play in London on the LIV Tour. So, you know, money isn't an issue as far as RBC, but it is an issue that these guys dissed their, one of their major sponsors to go play on the LIV Tour where they have a chance to make even more money. And Rich, to me, I was, in reading uh, about some of this stuff, it seems like, I know it's a select field right now, but it would seem the PGA Tour has a problem on their hands if DJ and Phil and these guys play and there's not major blowback outside of the introductory press conference kind of uh, that they've had. I mean, they're going to try to go after more top guys and say, look, I don't care what you do, just play and you're going to get $90 because it says on our card you've played 10 years on the PGA Tour and made $60 million. We'll give you 90 guaranteed uh, right here up front. Also, Rich, I know for people who listen to your show, uh, you talk with a lot of guys who caddy on the PGA Tour. I saw this out there. Uh, the caddies are getting airfare. They're getting hotel stay. They're getting all that paid for by the LIV Tour. So, I mean, the PGA Tour's not doing that. It would seem to me from top to bottom this could pose a real problem. Well, it could. And I think if you're, you know, unlike DJ and Phil, I think if you're in that 80 to 150, 175 range on the PGA Tour as far as FedEx Cup points or money over the last, you know, 10, 15 years, I think it's something, you know, that they may look at uh, because personally it's guaranteed money. It's only 54 holes. You only play three days. Your caddies are guaranteed, as you said, their expenses, all paid by LIV, travel, lodging, meals. Uh, they're probably still going to get a percentage of whatever the pro makes uh, on the LIV tour. But Phil got offered $200 million. Uh, DJ got offered 100. Who knows what Graham McDowell and Ian Poulter and some of those other were offered. They said Hudson Swafford was offered $10 million, um, and Tiger turned down seven figures uh, to stay with the PGA Tour. I mean, bottom line, he doesn't need it. I mean, DJ doesn't either. Let's face it. He made $95 million on the PGA Tour. So it's not a money issue. I just think that they're looking at it of saying, Okay, I've played 15 years on the PGA Tour. I've made $95 million. I could play four years on this tour, and I might be able to make, well, let's see, they gave me 125 plus I might be able to make another 10 I think that's a pretty easy decision to make, is if you're making it solely on money. And, Rich, I, I, look, when, when you talk about the backlash, we live in a world today that everything is sensationalized, and right, wrong, and different, as, as, as Kevin mentioned earlier, people got to know that two things can be true at the same time. I can play in the LIV tournament and not and oppose what the Saudis are doing, but understand that, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not in the PGA to just play golf either. I'm there to make money. But if somebody's offering me $100 million, $200 million, I think two things can be true. I can take the money and still oppose what they're doing. But these type of opportunities are definitely once in a lifetime. Oh, you. I mean, there is no doubt. I mean, they're probably even going to send them planes to fly them over and offer to fly into all the tournaments. So, I mean, you know, they're going to save on airfare. They're going to save on a lot of their expenses. I mean, all it is is just, uh, you know, open my pocket and how much money can you put in there. 
And if that one gets full, let's open up the other pockets. Uh, you know, and I think the bottom line that you have to look at, look at what these guys are sacrificing uh, from the PGA Tour in order to play on the LIV Tour. No Ryder Cup. No President's Cup. Uh, you know, how much has Phil sacrificed uh, in his legacy, in his PGA Tour career, in order to get more money to help him with his gambling debts, which he said has been embarrassing and overwhelming? Well, of course they are when you gamble that much money and lose that much. But, you know, the bottom line is, is it's all about money. And then people forget about the Saudis and the things that, that they have done and um, you know, you have to look at uh, the the source of where you're getting your money from. Would you take money from the mafia in order to play golf? Uh, guaranteed. So, I mean, it's it's just, it's a lot of morality. It's a lot of decisions you have to make. You have to get by yourself. You have to do some, you know, thinking with your agent and your team about what's best for you and your family at this particular time. And it looks like at this time, money is definitely making that decision. Uh, yeah, for for a lot of guys, and, and Rich, I was was talking with Christian about this this earlier, where, again, things are happening on this tour that aren't happening on the PGA Tour, guarantees guarantees for your caddies to get covered. And also, uh, you talked about the legacy uh, of it all, Rich. I mean, yeah, there's some backlash right now. How long does that stay? We'll have to wait and see. But Dustin Johnson, Phil, they've all said, yeah, we're playing in the U.S. Open Next week, so outside of the PGA Championship, unless these places say otherwise, you're still going to get to play in the the U.S. Open, potentially the Open Championship, and the Masters every year, which is part of that legacy building, and not play every week on the PGA Tour. So you still get the majors, uh, potentially, without e- even with going to this thing. Well, right now you get the majors. I mean, whether that stands for you know, next year, the year after, or the year after that, we don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be some talk about that, you know, you have to play a certain number of events on the PGA Tour, uh, you know, in order to keep your card. I mean, remember, it used to be 15 tournaments. So it's not like these guys are workhorses and, you know, they're they're working them to death in order to, to keep their card. The minimum they have to play is 15 events, maybe it's 18 events. And usually they're playing 22 to 25, 26 events. So they choose to keep going based on how they're playing. And, you know, now they don't have to do that. They have eight tournaments uh, with an unbelievable amount of money guaranteed in each one of the tournaments. So they're making a big decision, and their legacies are going to find out, okay, this is what they did on the PGA Tour. And now they're making a decision to leave that. And I really hope that maybe they're not allowed to play in all the majors uh, in the coming years uh, because they left the PGA Tour, which was their avenue and their ticket to get not only to other PGA Tour events, but to those majors. But tr- true, but, but Rich, I mean, the PGA Tour doesn't have anything to do with the Masters all right, in a roundabout way, right? That's their own tournament. The USGA runs the U.S. Open. That's not the PGA Tour, and... The Open Championship is what run by the the Royal and Ancient. So, I mean, whether whether they've dissed the PGA Tour, I guess, kind of individual thing. I, I'm kind of interested to see because the US uh, GA was kind of like, well, we had rules in place, we can't really kick them out now, so it's fine. So you're going to let them play now, and nothing has changed. You got, I mean, to me, that's where it's interesting because those three majors not really run by the PGA Tour. 
yeah, it's kind of like they're going to let them have their cake and, and eat it, too. And, uh, you know, that's the way it stands at this point. And I think we got to wonder that the PGA Tour is looking back and having meetings with the USGA and having, uh, well, they're probably not going to worry about the Masters or the, uh, or the Open uh, because those are run by two separate organizations who have their own minds. But I, I think you might see a change in that for the, for the coming years as far as they're being able to play in the other majors run by the USGA. And I think Mike Wan made a statement today that the Open is for people who are qualifying or who have qualified. But let's face it, you qualify for the USGA for, you know, those, those championships through your performance on the PGA Tour. Whether you were a winner, whether you were a top money winner, whether you placed in U.S. Opens before. So I think there may be a change in those majors for the golfers based on what may happen between Jay Monahan and Mike Wan over the coming months and maybe year for them to get together and kind of say, look, they earned their status uh, to play in USGA events because of their performance and their standings on the PGA Tour. And, Rich, obviously, you know, Tiger Woods says he's out for the U.S. Open, just trying to let his body heal. Do you think this is kind of how this is going to be Tiger Woods' uh, you know, way of playing in tournaments moving forward, just letting his body kind of tell him what he can and can't do? Because, like he said, he's getting older, and I know Tom Brady and LeBron James got everybody thinking that Father Time is, you know, getting the brakes beat off him by those two. Do you <laughs> think this is the way Tiger Woods say, hey, if I want to play, I got to trust my body, trust my knees, because if not, you know, it's going to be hard for me to play in tournaments moving forward well let's face it i mean he's played two tournaments he's played uh, and he's made the cut in both and then he struggled on the weekends because his body wasn't up to par where he wanted it to be so tiger's got to listen to his body i mean he knows that he can't perform the way that he wants to <coughs> excuse me in the way that he used to on the pga tour or in any championship and he's got to be ready to perform in four rounds the open over at St. Andrews is more level ground. He doesn't have to go up and down as much. Of course, that depends on where he hits it. But the fact of the matter is, is that Tiger did not need to force his body to play the U.S. Open. And it shows that the Open in St. Andrews is now more important to him because he thinks if he waits a little longer, his body will be even in better shape. Rich Stiles, host of the Back Nine Boys Golf Show, our guest here on 3 and Out. Rich, appreciate the time. Thanks so much. All right, guys. Thanks. Appreciate it. Rich Stiles joining us here. It is 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here, 3 and Out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, thanks for being with us here on this Tuesday. Braves and A's coming up later tonight. We'll have it for you at 6.05. Matt Olson against his former team. Braves riding a five-game win streak we'll talk all about that and more coming up in the final hour of the show it is three and out hit us up on twitter at pigskin radio we stream live as well espn coastal.com and you can live video stream us on facebook twitter or youtube go to espn coastal on youtube and get our live uh, youtube feed there as well hour three coming up next good to have you back here three and out on this tuesday kevin thomas ben troop glad you're making us a part of your day streaming live espn Coastal.com on your mobile device with the ESPN app. You can hit us up on Twitter at Pigskin Radio, at Pigskin Radio. Also live streaming on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. We encourage you to check out our YouTube channel, uh, ESPN Coastal, there on YouTube. You can follow along the show 
uh, there each and every day. Braves and A's coming up later tonight. Matt Olson going up against his former team, Ben Troop. We'll get to that coming up here in just a little bit. But our good friend AC on the phone, I, that dude, he talks fast. Let's see what he's got to say. AC, welcome to the show. What's happening? Thank you so much for taking my call. How you guys doing? Good afternoon. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Well, my brother PJ, sometimes you got to slow it down. Trust me. I've been on the radio, 10 different radio stations for the last four years. Only thing I learned is how to be patient. Trust me, brother, I have patience. You don't have to apologize to AC. Los Angeles, hey, you got to have patience. If you don't have patience, what's the, what are the odds you can get on live radio show? I have the experience. I'm speaking from my experience. But I don't want to waste my time. I want to talk about the Los Angeles Lakers. Lakers, if I were you, I would think that Russell Westbrook situation is Something doesn't work out by the mid-season trade. It's time to get rid of Russell Westbrook. Either number six, and LeBron James wants to win championship number five. I don't know if it's going to work with Russell Westbrook. As far as Anthony Davis is concerned, he's always injured. So he better find a reliable big man who can help help him out. Let's face it, Anthony Davis, he's got, what, like half of the season, played three-fourths of the season? That's not going to win you a championship. And Darvin Ham, I'm so sorry for you. Most likely, you're gonna get yourself fired. You don't know what you took, dude. Probably should have took the Charlotte Hornets job. It would have been a little less stressful compared to coaching a guy like LeBron James. It comes with high expectation. Thank you so much for taking my call. Hey, appreciate it, AC. Thank you so much. He calls every day. AC, AC, AC. AC, I I appreciate patience. Maybe you feel impatient because you're like (laughs) chugging six cups of coffee before you call the show. AC, listen, I'm going to make sure I get this question. But I will say this. Do I agree with AC that, you know, AD can't play half the season? Yes. Do I agree with AC that, you know, I mean, a guy like Russell Westbrook is not going to win it? Nope. I think you you get on the phone with Chicago. You tell Levine. You come on out here to the ATL. You you call over over to Phoenix. You tell old DeAndre A. You come on over here uh, to L.A. because LeBron wants to get number five so that he can at least say he tied the great Kobe Bryant. But A.C., A.C. goes, listen, tomorrow A.C. going to be talking to us about hockey, probably going to be the Rangers, but I am here for it all every single day. Yep. A.C., appreciate you being a dedicated listener, sir. Yes. Get what's on your mind off your mind. Absolutely. And again, you don't have to try to beat Jimbo Fisher in a words per second contest because – AC, you are rocking oh, and rolling. Oh, AC me today. He's going to say, my name's AC. I don't need for 30 seconds. I'm going to talk to everybody in the room. What? I don't need for 30 seconds. I'm going to talk to every last coach in the room. Sorry with you, Brian Kelly. You can't dance. Next. <laughs> I love it, though. No, I know. It's fun. No, it's fun. No, and again. I don't know that LeBron's winning another one. I mean, he might not. We like to. He he's only won on every team he's been on. But at the end of the day, Kevin, he's a billionaire. Well, I mean, at he's, some. I mean, at some point. He want to play. You with, are getting up he, there he, to four zero, right? Wants his, he said, LeBron said, I'm never, ever not going to the playoffs again like he ain't going in the year 20. That's what I'm saying, but, like, even, like, Kobe slowed down. At the, the last year, yeah. Kobe was like, I can't elevate. Well, d- dude, you've been playing basketball I, now, Kevin, I'm, since I'm, you listen, were 14. Kevin, I am going to forward you. I saw on Twitter yesterday. They were showing, like, LeBron, like, when he was just jumping out the gym. It's like he just he just hanging in there. He's just sitting there. I mean, LeBron, I mean, uh, Tom Brady is going in the year 23. Right. He's never going to leave. Got the baddest kids on the planet. <laughs> uh, LeBron, 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 LeBron James is going to year 20. This is the thing, though, Kevin. The question of do you walk away because it's time or do you walk away because you're not good anymore? Well, I mean, who's better than Tom? Listen. Oh, I got to say this, too, Kevin, because I – oh. 
Shout out to Ryan Clark, right? Ryan Clark, you know, LSU, you know, uh, Super Bowl champion with Pittsburgh, Pro Bowl. Right. Said yesterday, I'm finna go. He said, talent-wise now, that Chris Brown is more talented than Michael than, uh, than Michael Jackson. Now, this got <laughs> everybody. Now, this is what he said. He tried to, you know, shout out to the homie Ryan Clark. He tried to clarify. That he said, look, talented is a weird word. It is, saying. it is. Now, 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 now. This now, this is the thing. He said, Tom Brady is the GOAT, but he's not more talented. Then Aaron, Aaron Rodgers throws the ball better than him, but but he's okay. but obviously. But this is I thing. can hear that. No, this, yeah. this, this, now, this is the thing, right? No, this, no, no, sir, no, because people say this all the time. I will hear every argument if you're going to say Tom Brady is not the best quarterback. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. From, but, a from a straight quarterback. But yeah. it's the thing. But it's the thing, right? This is the thing. Everybody has moments, right? Aaron Rodgers is incredible. Aaron Rodgers is an incredible thrower of the football, right? But this is the thing. When he first you can there are certain statements you got to clarify yourself, right? Like, hey, Ben, I like non-traditional wings. What the hell you mean, <laughs> sir? Like, that's not a real thing. Yeah. No. Now, if now, this is what I would say. Talent-wise, it's hard to be more talented. I mean, it's hard, to, it's hard for most people to be more talented than Chris Brown. He can sing, he can dance, music, perform, boom. But this is the difference. Impact. Can't be greater than Mike. Influence can't be greater than Mike. Right? And just gifts. Michael Jackson was gifted. Michael Jackson had more people passing out at his concerts than I've ever seen. Right? But this is the thing. This is what it really is. No, I'm sorry. I don't – go ahead. I I don't understand. I understand being nervous. I don't know about passing out. Yeah, but this is the thing. Like, you know, like there's people – the Beatles. Oh, my God. John Paul George Reed on out. this is the thing, right? This is why, but you never, but the thing about Chris Brown is we never thought we would see anything even remotely close to Mike. Nothing. Chris Brown is about as close as you're going to get. But this is what I will say, and people can get mad. You know who is more talented than Michael Jackson? And I don't care what nobody says. Prince. Prince is more talented than Mike because, Kevin, what is harder to do? What is the hardest thing to do if you're a performer? Sing and dance or sing, dance, and play an instrument. Prince can do all three, right? I know Twitter from the light me up. But I'm just saying now, I, I ain't never seen nothing like Prince. Prince is really playing, singing, dancing. Now his his ensembles is a little questionable. The, the clothes he used to want to wear. Yeah. But I just, it's like when you when we get to talking about talented and gifted and all this other type of stuff, there's a difference in gifts and talents. I'm going to tell you why. This is a talented player. Uh, talented. I'm going to just use a receiver. Talented receiver, right? Debo Samuels is talented. Calvin Johnson is gifted. There is a difference, right? Uh, okay. Cooper Cup is talented, man. That dude is talented. Randy Moss was gifted. There is a difference. People say, well, what's the difference? Um, Talented, gifted players can do what talented players can do. Talented players cannot do what gifted players can do. You don't believe me? Calvin Johnson set the record in 16 games and did not go to the playoffs for most receiving yards, right? Cooper Cup had the second best. What do you think Calvin Johnson would have done in the playoffs? You don't think he would have ripped it out? <laughs> I think so. And I, and well, he played for Detroit. So well, I he mean, did. I mean, Barry Sanders. Detroit has, I mean, what, one playoff win and – 
20 years, 30 years? And when they won, the, the, the fans like, we got to come back next week? <laughs> they won? No, I, We're not I, used to being here in no, January. No, 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 Kevin. Like, That's like, true like, Kevin, In baseball, um, in baseball, right? Uh, I think, uh, my, uh, not Mike Trout, uh, what's his name? I'm uh, losing his name. Play for the Phillies now. Uh, Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper is talented. Super duper talented. I think Ronald Queen Jr. is gifted. Doesn't mean that Ron, doesn't mean that uh doesn't mean that Bryce Harper ain't that dude. But Kevin, you can you can you can explain this to me. Have you ever Mike Trout do what he want to do, just different stratosphere. Crazy. Gifted, yeah. talented. So hey Otani, gifted. Yeah, yes, yeah, you can't yes. do it. Because so I think what 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 I think what Ryan Clark was trying to say is Chris Brown, more talented. Michael Jackson, more gifted. Because when you just say, Chris Brown, more talented, Michael Jackson, you're going to have to explain what you mean. Because I ain't never been to a Chris Brown concert. I guarantee you I ain't passing out. But when I was a kid. You would have passed out if you saw Michael Jackson? Uh, if you like, came up and think I don't think I would have passed out. But think about this, Kevin. If you're somewhere. Would you have passed out if Dave Justice would have actually stopped and given you that autograph? I mean, I would have felt a little better about myself <laughs> just running up to the car. And I, Instead, he was I, like, I, I, I got a dip. Is, is, there, is there a person out there for you that if you saw him, you'd be like, yes? I don't know. Like, There's been people that I – and I guess the longer I've done this, it goes away a little bit. There's been people I've been, quote, nervous around. Is there, because is you there don't a starstruck want to, moment? Right. Like the first time I went to spring training, I'm like, dude, there's Bobby Cox sitting right there. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, Like that's a little surreal. But I don't know that if he would have like – initiated a conversation with me, I would have passed out. I'd have been like, I don't understand what's going on right now, but, you know, I, 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 that, was a, that was a surreal moment. I would have been nervous, but I don't think I've ever, like, you see all these pictures, like, when the Beatles came to America and, like, girls are passing out, uh, you know, falling well, yeah. out on the floor. I, I don't understand that. Like, well, I've never it's, done it's, that. It's, like, it's, 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 what is the thing, right? This is the thing. Like, there are people out there, like, okay, uh... Who have I met, man? You know, like I'm, Drake. Drake touched my finger. I'm out. You know, I, like, I, go I, to, I go to a golf tournament one time in uh in uh in Florida. I was with the Bucks, and I and I get there. I didn't go to, I didn't go to offseason uh, lifting that day. I just I'm just show up to the tournament. Like you got to be worked and up. They, to and pass they go out. and they go Warren Sapp right there. That's Warren Sapp. He's sitting there. And uh, I said, because <laughs> y'all I don't know what to say. I'm like, hey, what's up, uh, Mr. Sapp? He says, uh. He's like, Tiny for Florida. I was like, yeah. And you and and in my mind, I'm like, because in a sense, you really, you really, you really don't know what to say. Like, I will say this. If you've never, most of the time, this is what it really is. We don't think we're gonna meet quote people we just grew up going crazy over. And then I was in a I was in an elevator one time, right? With John Smokes and his wife. Now, mind you, but it caught me off guard because I get on the elevator, I'm like, yeah, I said, oh, I'm going like this. Like trying not, <laughs> try not to stare, trying not to stare, right? But Kevin, all right, you know, you jump on there and they go Randy Johnson, they go, they go, they go A Rod, they go, right? You know, they, they, they go Ken Griffin. You're like, it's oh my, my fault, fellas. And you like this, and, and and then Ken Griffin goes, what floor? Whatever floor y'all going to? What? Just wherever y'all going? Cause you know, like Michael, <laughs> they go Michael Jordan. They're like Michael Jordan coming through. They'll say, sorry, fellas, I'm lost. What? A, uh, Hey, come in, sit down. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if you if you do get a chance to meet somebody like that, you never you're not gonna pass out. But you're I'm gonna trying be to like, think. Of, I'm trying to think in my mind, like, who I would get like super worked up to meet that I would probably like. I, I mean, passing out is one thing because like you see people like he touched my hand, I passed out. Like I don't know if there's somebody like that. Now, 
would I be like acting stupid and nervous? Maybe if I, like you said, in a random chance encounter, it was like Tiger Woods comes walking up, I'd probably be like, <laughs> yeah, you're Tiger, you're Tiger Woods. Yes, I am. Can you tell me? I, I don't know direction. I can't, I can't. And then obviously, of course, you know, if Bo Jackson walked in the studio, oh, I'd be like, oh, like okay, I'm just saying. Okay. If Bo walked in, the radio show would be over because I'd be like, uh, okay, here it is. I mean, not, listen, I, I'm, I'm not. He's, I'm you want to talk about goats? I am not. I'm not getting political at all. No, I, Bo I, is the goat. When we sit here doing something, you know what I'm saying? All of a sudden, like, you know, boom, like, what are you doing? It's Barack Obama. Well, I mean, <laughs> like, what? I mean, what? I'll be honest. If any president walked in the room, I'd be like, <laughs> what? what are you doing in the oh, studio? Listen, listen, and then you get ready to hide, and then the go, whoa, 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 don't be. I mean, to be fair, we'd probably have some warning because, like, four guys with suits would come walking in first and be like, I'm just saying, listen, I hope that everybody gets a chance to meet. Like, hey, we need to use your bathroom. No, like like uh, Le- LeBron, LeBron, uh, he he walks into uh, the pizza joint that he owns. I'm not gonna give him no pub, but he, he knows what it is. <laughs> and he listen, listen, and he comes back. Listen, listen, obviously he's like six nine, and he comes out with the pizza boxes, and like and people just looking like this. What's up, man? What, what's up? It's like, I, <laughs> hey man. At the, at the end of the day, I just think that we get a chance to Ryan. If you listen, Ryan Clark. I can say it. You are more famous now, away from football, than you ever was. Why? Because you went viral yesterday. I mean, that's sir. a tough take when you're going to talk, try to say somebody's better than Michael Jackson. That's a t- that's a hard take. It is. In in, <laughs> in any respect of music, like you got to come with some receipts. I'm afraid, like you can't just be like, oh no. Hold on, hold on. If if, if you, Kevin, if, so, if you just uh, randomly heard a conversation, somebody goes, no man, Chris Brown is more talented than Michael Jackson. Do you go like? What? I mean, I mean, in in, in our <laughs> like I said, just like in our lifetime, in our lifetime, who and I, you can't – I mean, I guess I could say the Beatles, but I wasn't alive when they were in their heyday. Elvis, maybe, but, like, Michael Jackson was, like, worldwide people lost their minds. Yes, global over, icon. Over, over Michael, yeah, global icon. Like, people talk about, man, I can't go here without people recognizing me. That guy could go nowhere. How we got to admit, this no, has been no, a no, wild no, show. No, We're talking about who's better no, Michael no, Jackson. No, no, listen, Tom listen, Hanks listen, doesn't listen, make anything. But great. No, no, I will say that I learned this week that Kevin is a Tom Hanks – like supporter and no, listen, no slander yeah. is allowed. <laughs> That's fine. I'm just saying Tom Hanks <laughs> doesn't make bad movies. He don't. Now you may not, I, and I can't say I can't speak for the ones that I haven't seen. I apologize, Kristen, if I haven't seen all 93 of them. <laughs> but I mean, Woo! of the ones that I have watched, which are quite a few, there's, there's not a bad one, right? Now there's a few that I haven't seen, and I even offered up. I said he's like, well, it got a. 5.2 on IMDb. Okay, I haven't seen it. But the ones that I have seen, all huge, all amazing, steals the show. That's all I'm saying. Even Tom Cruise made The Last Samurai. Awful, awful movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Did, we talked about that. Denzel, amazing actor. He's had a few where you're going, really? Oh, yeah. Maybe should have held out for a second. I mean, out of time. I mean, I, I mean, kind of took know. offense. Christian hating on Equalizer too, but, I mean, that's well, okay. I mean, Equalizer is nice. I, mean, I actually I mean, thought I mean, two was I mean, better than one, but that's me. He says, "And you better give me, and you better give me a nice, uh, a nice, uh, what did, what they say? You got to give up, and you better give me a nice survey, Junior. Beat the brakes <laughs> off of him. Boom! <laughs> he said that. Did yeah, equal your two. He comes up off the Uber. He's like, boom! Gonna make it happen. That's I don't know what we're doing hey, now. Man, we, listen, we, listen. We, we'll, we'll come back. We got more to come here. It's three and out on this Tuesday, all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Oh man, it's three and out." It feels like a Friday on the show because yep. uh, it's one of them days. Ben and I are uh, get it on out. <laughs> there you go. We got Braves and A's 
coming up a little bit later tonight as uh, Matt Olson goes up against his former team. But that's my one to weigh in here on the show. Let's go to Rob. Rob's listening here on Three and Out. Welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, what's going on, man? Hey, we're doing good. <laughs> hey, y'all are chopping it up pretty good there before the commercial break. Uh, so I just wanted to make a couple of comments on each one. Uh, ben makes a really good point about talented versus gifted. And, uh, you know, like I would say, like, if you're talking about athletes, you know, and one of the most popular things, especially generationally, is like Michael Jordan versus LeBron. And I would say that LeBron is probably, if not the most physically gifted athlete we've seen hit the basketball court, then he's got to be right there. I mean, you're talking about a guy that's 6'8", 6'9", you know, 270 pounds as, you know, when it comes to talent, point guard skills, okay, but could also post up any of today's centers or power forwards and overpower a lot of them, but can also run past them, jump higher than all that. I would say he is more physically talented and gifted per se than Michael Jordan was, but that doesn't make him better because Michael Jordan's gift was his will. I mean, this guy had to lift weights and everything to get past the bad boys pistons. They beat him up, but he had a will second to none, you know, and it's and it's different if you're comparing like Chris Brown to Michael Jackson. Okay, what are you comparing then? Are you talking about singing and dancing because they both did it, right? So are you saying that Chris Brown's dance moves are better than Michael Jackson's? Because Michael Jackson's dance moves revolutionized things. And if you're going to make that comparison, then you got to say that Chris Brown. I mean, at most, he took it to another level, but what's it based off of? No, no, but I'm all for it. Let's not compare Michael Jackson no, no, to no, anybody. No, no. That's my, that's my no, take. No, Rob, what it was, Ryan Clark, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm throwing him out there. He he just made that statement. Like, he made a blanket statement without, without like, clarifying. So he said, I think, he said, Chris Brown is more talented than Michael Jackson. And I said, well... You got to you got to, you got to break that down because the thing about Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson did not have social media, so every last one of his fans were really fans. He didn't care about likes or retweets or going viral. But if Michael Jackson were alive right now, his global impact was already cemented well before. I just was saying we not I, because I never thought I would see anything to even put in the same sentence as Mike and Chris Brown. I mean, off the field, off the you know, away from the stage, stuff aside, go. this dude, he can do anything. I think he can do anything musically as far as, like, choreography. But I, I just said talent-wise, it's Chris. But gift-wise, because I believe people who are gifted are both talented and influential. I just think that nobody's, nobody's greater than Mike. Oh, yeah. No, I would agree. Um, as far as Tom Hanks, I think he's a prolific actor. You know, I kind of laugh. You're like, hey, he doesn't make a bad movie. Okay. So that's not just his talent. That's the talent of his agent. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Look at at Samuel L. Jackson. This dude has probably been in more movies and grossed more money than any actor. And some of those movies have been terrible. (laughs) Jackson did not care. And I think Tom Hanks is like, not only is his agent talented, but he's in tune with his agent because I bet you if you look back and you see a number of the movies that he's been in, 
he did more than just act. He also produced, which means you have more control. Samuel L. Jackson is like, I'm showing up. I'm Samuel L. The movie might be terrible. It might not. F-bomb this, F-bomb that. I'm still Sam. <laughs> hey, hey, no, I understand. Bob, I appreciate the phone call. Yeah, man. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, no, look. I agree. Tom's got the control. I wasn't even saying it from a talented giving standpoint. I just go back to but he, but, but, he, did, he but it d- doesn't sense. make a bad it, movie. Kevin, you know what we, we I'm Chris is trying we, to come at me with no, the no, money no, Rob, pit. No, Rob, and, and, like, and we do appreciate the call. No, this is what we just did. The spirit of BJ Bennett is among us. <laughs> it is. You really know why? Is. Because that it really is. Gifted and talented is your version of, of greatest and best. No, it's not. Yes, yes, it, <laughs> no, yes, it, yes, it no, is. No, it's not. Because Tom Hanks, if we are doing, you know, greatest actors in our generation, Tom Hanks is in the top ten. He has to be because he don't make bad movies. He got you rooting for volleyballs. He's shown yep. range. And he's 93 movies in and still yep. going strong. And Samuel Jackson is good, though. Oh, Samuel Jackson. Jules and Pulp Fiction. Pl- no, he, no, right, I didn't see Snakes on the Coach, plane. Coach, 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 like... Coach, Coach Carter, you, yep. you, you owe me 2,500 sit-ups, 2,000 push-ups. What? You said that with a straight face? You know you said that yeah. with a straight face. No, I would... Sam Samuel L. Jackson is they they a time to kill. Oh my! Oh my goodness! Yes. The, uh, <laughs> no. at, at the end of the day, look. The first movie I ever seen Samuel Jackson in was what? Coming to America, Rob, Robin the McDowell's. That, what? <laughs> hey, buddy. <laughs> I mean, it's, I, I, listen, yeah. listen to me. I'll be forced to thrash you. What? <laughs> <laughs> hey, at the end of the day, this is what we're really showing right now. Rob Sorry. included. We are all in the weirdo club. Sure. Me, Kevin, Rob, you know what? Rob says, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to comment <laughs> yeah. on all of it. Might start well. with Michael. Listen, start, he said, Rob went from Chris Brown, Michael, J- Michael Jackson, LeBron. He went from two MJs, both Mike Jack and Mike Jordan. <laughs> and he went to Tom Hanks. And he said, Samuel Jackson, terrible. Rob, keep doing what you're doing, sir. We appreciate the listens. We appreciate the loyalty. But most importantly, we appreciate the weirdness. Because that's what we are. Absolutely. So, so, so all the ladies out there listening going, y'all, y'all really get, yes. I didn't know that I didn't know that Kevin Thomas one didn't like bowl games until he got his own bowl game. And you will not <laughs> say nothing yeah. about Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, Joe versus the volcano. Great, great movie. I'm telling you. Apollo he 13. Does, again, Christian is like, he you're saying he never makes a bad movie. I'm saying I've yet to come across one that was terrible. And so he starts going way back, way back. I'm like, I'm sorry Tom I haven't Cruise seen that. Got, Tom Cruise definitely got some. He he was reaching. It was bad. <laughs> Tom Cruise got some bad movies. But he's got a lot of good ones too. What what was the movie where he's the uh is that the, with with him and Jamie Foxx where Tom Cruise tell him to wait in the cab and the guy comes oh, from yeah, is it, that it, the it, law abiding citizen? No, 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 law, no, no, no law abiding citizen gonna, with the guy from three hundred. But I know what you're talking about. Because you know, uh, Jada Pinker was in the movie. It, it was crazy. Like Tom Cruise tells Jamie Foxx, wait here. He goes know, up and throws the guy out the window. Tom Cruise. That was really, really good. Anyway. Interview with the vampire. A little, that's a little too weird. We'll come back. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> it's three and out. We will talk sports, I promise, yes. next. Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here. Three and out on this Tuesday. We've got Braves and A's coming up for you. A little bit later tonight, Kyle Wright against Cole Irvin and Matt Olson against his former team. So we'll have that for you coming up in just a little bit. But I want to ask you about this because a lot of debate, discussion about Phil and Dustin Johnson, the guys going to play for this 
LIV tour, the live tour, I don't know whatever they want to call it. I've heard it pronounced four different ways. The, the, the live tour uh, run by the Saudis. And they were pressed on it. I'd say they had an opening press conference. Actually, the, the, the media handlers kind of ushered certain guys out and said, hey, we'll move it along. You're not, I think they, they said the journalists were not being respectful when they asked about you know, the Saudi government and some of the things they did, and that's who was paying their salaries. And just, as I said, I, I, when we talked to Rich, I said, look, I think the PGA Tour's got an issue because if there is no blowback towards a lot of these guys for who the money's coming from, then I think PGA Tour's going to be in trouble because you got guys paying caddies. They're paying caddies full freight. Uh, you know, golfers are making more. And people are saying, oh, it's just a money grab. Well, I mean, of course it is. Aren't most things in society a money grab? And people say, yeah, but where are you getting the money from? I mean... And again, I think that's a line everybody's got to draw in the sand at some point. But a lot of companies do a lot of things that we probably find egregious. A lot of owners of things do things that we find egregious. Uh, and and we have to figure out a way to, to, to either justify it or not do business with them. I know the Saudis had done some things. I think an American journalist uh, was was killed by Saudis. Uh, there as well. And people were pressing them on it. Hey, what do you think? And they're like, hey, look. I'm doing what's best for my family. I don't agree with what they do, but I'm going to take the money. And people say, how could you take the money? And then uh, this is where I think it gets interesting. And I had a debate with somebody. I was like, look, I'm not saying that it's right or wrong or what have you, but everybody's got a number. If you're listening, you say, well, I would never take the money. Mm -hmm. Has anybody plopped $100 million in front of your face and said, it's guaranteed you will get it? Let's say you work a job. You make fifty thousand dollars a year, right? So you make a hundred grand every two years, which means in a decade you'd make five hundred thousand. So they said, "Hey, Joe or John or whoever we're talking to, I'll give you a mill. So I will give you more in one year than you've made in the last decade. You're not going to have a moment of pause about taking it at, at, at all. I, I, and again, Ben, I, I think that's where." Uh, you know, people struggle and say, Dustin Johnson, you're just doing, and, and this is one thing that I think I heard Christian say, Dustin Johnson's made $90 million on the PGA Tour, played 14 years. He's married to Paulina Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky's daughter. She's got money. She's a model. He plays professional golf. Okay, Dustin Johnson played a decade and a half, made $90 million. They're giving him 100 They're giving him more than he's made in 15 years. I, I just think, again, this is where if I'm the PGA Tour, I'd be concerned because they're giving guys more than they've made in a decade out on tour, and it's guaranteed you don't have to go and and perform for it like you do on the PGA Tour. And to me, I think that's the back and forth guys are saying. And people are like, oh, please, you're doing it for your family. Uh, isn't that what everybody else says when we sign? Uh, I mean, I didn't see the full quotes, but I'm sure Aaron Donald said I, I took the $60 million extension so I could – do what's best for my family, right? I mean, we don't say when. And again, you know, NBA guys sign Mac. I know NBA has some relationships with China that people don't like. What China does? Are we getting on the NBA guys for signing their deals? And where the money comes from? And where? So look, I, I think it's a tough spot to be in for these guys. They're being offered, even for them, Ben, generational money to go play on this tour. You're getting $100 million to play a third as much or half as much. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think this is going to be an issue. 
Uh, do you do you weigh the stuff you disagree with versus when you really say I'm doing it to help my family? They're giving you more money than you've made your entire career. Dustin Johnson got more money than Tiger Woods has made on the course in his entire career. Now I didn't say sponsors, but Dustin Johnson got 125 million. Tiger Woods has made 121 playing golf. How long has Tiger Woods been playing golf? What 20 years? Uh, a, a minute. 20, yeah. And so they're going to give him more than that to come play for a couple of years on this LIV tour. And people are like, well, you don't get to do the Ryder Cup. I mean, I guess. They still get to play the majors this go-around. And who knows if that'll go away. But still, Ben, kind of your, your thoughts there when, when you look at the backlash. Because, again, Phil got backlash for saying he was wanting to go do it. And then he came back and they said, well, we're going to punish you kind of quietly for going to do that. And then ended up pushing him towards $200 million uh, guaranteed, and he's over there anyway. I'm going to say this. For everybody, you know how easy it is to say what you wouldn't do when you know, number one, you're not going to be in that position and you're watching somebody else. I said this early in the show, two things can be true at the same time. I can I can get generational wealth on my family and still not like what they're doing over there to the citizens. So let me get this straight. There are a lot of companies that we support, that if we and we understand some of the practices that they do, we still buying their stuff. This is what this really is about. People start talking about it's a morality thing, it's a it's a it's a character thing, it's all these different things. All right, you're right, yeah. And guess what? Yeah, this too will blow over. Right now, this is the current seventy-two hour, you know, uh, a stream of consciousness. But that's what I work, and that's what I'm saying. If I'm the PGA Tour, we have short short like once this tournament gets played this week, right? Mm-hmm. It's happened. They're taking the money, like, if it kind of becomes less a part of the news cycle. I know somebody said, well, you won't get seen. You won't be on TV like you are. I mean, so? <laughs> right? I mean, I think that's one of those things where uh, if you're getting guaranteed, I mean, look, if you go to Aaron Donald mm-hmm. and you say, we're going to give you two years, $60 million, but the Rams won't be on TV, do you think he cares? Am I, am I right? Yep. Hey, hey, Ben, I want to give you a $100 million fully guaranteed contract, but while you play for the Titans, you're not going to be seen on TV. Is that a sticking point? I mean, mm-hmm. is that, you know what I mean? No, this is what this really is about. To I, those of us who are old enough to have families, responsibilities, people to take care of, Dustin Johnson, Phil Mickelson, they got into sports, pro sports, to get paid to do it. Now, now it's, hey, man, where you get your money from? Now, I, once again, I can I can about guarantee you, right? They're not saying, look, I don't like what's going on. I'm going to make more money in a very, very short amount of time than I made in my entire career. I don't want to play golf forever. No, you know, the only thing people want to do forever is live comfortably. So to, to, the, to the people out there who have something to say about it, all right, then don't do it. But I always say this. You don't know what you would do in situations. You don't know. Isn't it ironic that you wanted the big house when you ain't got the money? Now that you got the money, well, it don't look as it's on, it don't look the same. You don't got to like Phil Mickelson for what he did and said to put him in this situation. You don't got to like Dustin Johnson. If you wasn't a fan before, you're not gonna be a fan now. But guess what? If you didn't do it. You're going to go to the family reunion. Y'all going to be sitting around. It's the elephant in the room. And finally they get to you. 
Hey, Kevin, yeah, why don't you take the money? Man, I just didn't feel good about it. You didn't feel good about what? About what they did. Okay. Did you approve of what they was doing to the citizens? No. Do you approve of some of the protocols and laws and procedures? No. So you could have went over there and got the money and not, yeah. Wasn't they paying for your airfare? Yep, mine and my caddies. <laughs> Wasn't they paying for your hotel accommodations? Yep. All things paid for it, and they're paying me. And it didn't matter how you finished. Yeah, Kevin, what? Listen to me. There is this thing called a free lunch sometimes. <laughs> you should eat that food because I'm going to say this to people, and, I'm, and I mean this. As a person that's in the media, thank God for it every day. It's an incredible blessing to be a part of it. If you are living your life based off a take that I made, you need to rethink your priorities. You really need to rethink them. Dustin Johnson sat down with Mrs. Johnson and said, Lady, it went like this. Hello? Man, don't play with me, man. Seriously? Hold on, I'll call you right back. 100 mil. 125 mil. 125 million. I got to play eight weeks. Eight weeks. (laughs) Listen, listen, hold on, listen, listen. Eight weeks. 125 mil. I don't know what what that breaks down per second or per swing, (laughs) but uh, hey, man, Dustin Johnson lost a lot of sponsorships. Yeah, he got a new sponsorship. It's called Cha-Ching. Like y'all, y'all, like, and, and once again, Kevin, like, I get it. Listen, if that is, listen, if your morals and your person won't allow you, I listen. I am not fretting. But everything has a number. Everything has a price, and just because you don't, everything does. And for people, and all I'm saying is, for the people that are saying something about Dustin Johnson film, this too shall pass. Right, this too shall pass. So, Dustin, Kevin, what, what? what I mean, think about that. What type of feeling is that? They gonna give me what? One hundred twenty-five million. They know, oh, uh, listen, yeah. And look, and listen, and, and, and I, 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 I don't, I don't know. I, I just think that too often at times. Look, I, I respect you either way, right? I respect you either way. But man, oh man, I listen. I'll just with one hundred twenty-five million. I, I can, I, I, I can afford a, a damage control department. I guarantee you that. I, I guarantee well, I'm, I'm just interested to see how it progresses, if there is blowback for those guys beyond, as you said, the initial questions. Like, are they going to continue to be asked about it every time they play? Are they going to be allowed to play the majors? If not, I, if there's not, again, if there's not a lot of blowback that sustains with this thing, I could see other guys saying, well, I could go over there and make more than I'm going to make having to go out and earn it. You know, in, in golf, where you have to go out, if you don't make the cut, you get zero. There, it's like, well, we're only playing, we're playing one less day and we're going to guarantee you money. Going to be, again, I just want to be interested to see how it falls because I do think if there isn't a lot of blowback, because Phil was pushed back, he was pushed back to coming towards the PJ Tour, and then three weeks later, a month or two later, he's right back over there with $200 million uh, coming into his pocket. Very interesting to see uh, how this all plays out with that. And if there isn't a lot of blowback, I think the PJ Tour has got real problems because you've got a competing. T, uh, competing tour, handing out guaranteed money, paying for caddies, all the things that the PGA Tour is not doing, and they are going above and beyond what guys are making on the PGA Tour. We've got more to come. Braves and A's coming up in just a little bit. We'll lead you up to that next. It's 3 and Out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you along here. 3 and Out on this Tuesday. Braves in Oakland, two-gamer coming up uh, here Tuesday and Wednesday before the Braves get set uh, for the Pirates coming up uh, this weekend. You get... Matt Olson against his former team and the uh, the fans out there in Oakland kind of revolting. I think they've drawn like less than 3,000 several times uh, here, Ben. But this is in Atlanta, so Kyle right back. But, you know, Matt Olson, we talked about the pressure coming into 
try to fill in the shoes of Freddie Freeman. I think he's done that now. A chance to kind of stick it to his uh, his former team. And uh, again, in that trade, Christian Pache, uh, I guess we'll get to see him in this series. I don't know, but he, at last check, he was still with the team, but had the worst batting average <laughs> in the major leagues uh, among eligible players. So, so, so Christian the, Pache, Christian Pache so, get to see the guy that, 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 that uh, <laughs> his replacement, right? Matt Olsen get to say, he get to look at Oakland and say, hey, man, thanks for the money. Yeah. But it's time for me to no no no. I, look, at the end of the day, stick to your winning race, Kevin. The, the, listen, what five in a row now? Five in a row. Can that go to can that go to six in a row? Seven in a row? Maybe. Matt also don't be trying to do too much. He better not be trying to slide in the second. Do what you normally do. Waste not as high <laughs> as they won Freddie Freeman, but they try to get a big dub. Nice start with them Oakland. You do hate on Freddie about the no, highways. No 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 no. no, no. I, I miss Mr. Highways. Deodorant on his pants. Used to love. Freddie Freeman, man. I just know that at the end of the day, I'm like, man, get the deodorant off your pants, man. Did you say Pull your, deodorant? Yo, deodorant on his pants. Pull your pants down. How's it happen when you got the highway? Oh, I've never heard that. <laughs> oh, man, we, listen, I played sports my whole life. Yeah, boy, you don't, listen, boy, listen, listen, if, you, if your pants too, listen, if your pants too short, hey, listen, man, listen, man, listen, go pull, pull your shoes up. Why? Or you can pull your pants down. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what that's that's what we. What if you're just a high waisted person listen, in that's general? What you say about Norm Child. Norm Child had that big old high waist. I said, "Buff, you don't get that deodorant off your pants." What you mean? <laughs> well, pull your pants down, man. <laughs> well, you take life real serious with your with your waist that high. You got the shortest torso on the planet. <laughs> what did he say to that? Now, listen, he, he didn't know what to say to us. I was said, "Listen, man." I said, "You might want to get some spray deodorant. Why? Because you're sweating a little bit on the arms. Why? Because you got sweat on your pants. That's not how the pants are." <laughs> But no, man, Matt Olson, you know, somebody, hey, listen, go out there and get a dub. I think Kevin, could it be the start, Kevin, of putting some pressure on them pesky Mets by making sure, hey, man, they back in the rear view. The Mets can see them now, but control what you can't control. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I, I hope they get it done tonight again. Uh, Kyle Wright, 5-2, and two, 241 ERA, really pitching well. You're coming off a series in Colorado where it's hard to get a sweep in Colorado. And I heard Brian Snicker say, I don't know if we've ever – uh, had had a sweep in Colorado going out there, much less a four-game sweep. So the Braves riding a lot of momentum. I know they're nine games back. The Mets won last night while the Braves were off. So nine games back, it'd be nice to keep it going against the uh, the A's and, uh, you know, try to chip into that lead a little bit. Keep doing what they're doing, uh, Ben, and they will uh, uh, chip away, I, I believe, uh, at that lead a little bit. The Mets have continued to play well despite missing uh, two very big pieces of their starting rotation. So, Maybe that will turn at some point. Got to keep winning in the interim. And, again, you're still in this stretch where you're playing very bad teams. A's, Pirates. Uh, I think you got another one with uh, the Nationals coming up uh, towards the end of this little run. So you've, you've got some opportunities to continue putting it together and, and winning a lot of big ball games. Hopefully they'll do it. 6.05, coming up in about seven minutes, we'll have Braves and A's for you next couple of nights. Appreciate Blaine Gilmer joining us, UGASports.com. Filling us in on Arch Manning and his trip uh, to Athens. And Rich Styles of the Back Nine Boys join us. If you missed any of that, ESPNCoastal.com. Or go to our YouTube page, at ESPNCoastal. They're on uh, YouTube, and you can get the podcast version of the show. We'll see you tomorrow, 3 and out.